Testing, 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 testing. I grabbed a water out of there. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help yourself to anything. Thought that yeah. fridge you usually say, yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm ready when you are. You ready? Yeah. Sure. All right. Okay. Oh, I think I turned the volume off on mine too. Yep. Yeah, brought it all, man. That's right. That's what we do. We are back on the dirty, ugly wrestling. Podcast number 51. My name is Dirty Mike. Yeah. And I'm the bigger guy. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I think I was late. <laughs> no, yeah, I was waiting for you to cut me off. And we are in the mansion 2.0 for number 51. It's been a few weeks, but we're back. We've been rolling off of the success of number 50. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. But right now, we want to welcome. Uh, once again, to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, our friend, our man, Jam and Jason. Welcome. Uh, How you great. doing? Great to be here. Oh, you excited? Oh, yeah. Very excited. You're very excited. Good. You got your uh, bottle of water in front of you. No Coke Zero right now? No Coke Zero right now. We promote Coke Zero, but uh, uh, roll tide on go. that one. Oh, right. That was that. a regular Pepsi, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Old school label. Yeah, that's right. The throwback label. What does it say? Nostalgia. Same great Pepsi taste. Is it the same great Pepsi taste, Big Ugly? It is, man. So that's what we like Pepsi to see. Pepsi over Coke. Hey, now. We're going to have a fight right here. We're going to WrestleMania right, so 34. So here's the thing. Regular Pepsi I like better than regular Coke. Okay. But Coke makes the better diet product. Like the Coke Zero. We exactly, like about Coke Zero. Because Diet Pepsi is the most disgusting soda ever. <laughs> so Coke Zero is great. Yeah. What about caffeine-free Diet Pepsi? Ever tried that? No. That's a like an anti, what do you call it, called? oxymoron? What do you call it? Yeah. Uh, that just clash. It's, yeah. It's like, why would I Why would drink you? it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why did they make right, it? Right, exactly. It's there. What's the purpose? It, it, right. You want caffeine, you want to stay awake, but then you want a diet drink too. It's just, I don't yeah. know. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent already. On the podcast, uh, again, we want to thank everybody who was at the mansion for number 50. You were there, Jam and Jay. God, uh, you, you were there in spirit, spirit was what I yeah. mean. I was uh, we had you. some of it live. Live on Facebook? Yes. yes. We did it on Facebook. Facebook Live. Uh, we have almost 500 views on that. You know, that's just a, a bunch of people sitting around talking about pro wrestling. Yeah, man. That was pretty fun, man. That, uh, was, that was a party. <laughs> it, it was a cluster. but it Cluster? Was... <laughs> 500 full downloads, full views, and who knows how many people just kind of tuned in for a couple of minutes to uh, just watch what we do. Uh, so we appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, on Facebook Live, and thank you, everybody, of course. <laughs> on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, which is all over our logo now because I have to thank my illustrious girlfriend, Kristen, for putting out that logo, uh, adding to the logo that Desert Storm, Brian S. Gamble, he made that logo, and uh, our girl Kristen just added to it. So thank you for that. Uh, Don't forget, coming soon. Coming soon? MySpace. <laughs> no, no. So, so Jamie Jason and I were out at the establishment of Pizza so, John's yeah, last Tom night. Tom just heard that and he loved it. <laughs> yeah, Tom is everybody's friend. Everybody's friend. Uh, <laughs> we uh, apparently MySpace still exists, gentlemen. And oh, wow. you know, I, I'm going to look this up right uh-oh. now. He's going to look on his Google machine or look on the internet to look up MySpace because MySpace could use a Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast page. Yeah. Yes. Jam and Jason, what do you think? I think we should do it. Do you think Tom would be our friend still I if we were on there? With all the backlash Facebook is getting these days, 
MySpace could be the place to go. Backlash. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word for this podcast. Um, yeah, so you never know. We might be on uh, MySpace. You know, we still could be on Podcast One one day. You know, we've, we've got a lot of possibilities and opportunities. It's all because of the dirty, ugly wrestling listeners. I mean, everywhere. We appreciate you. And we have our Facebook page. We have our Instagram. We have our Twitter. Uh, just look up Dirty Ugly Wrestling, and you'll find it. Dirty Ugly Podcast. Did you find MySpace? I did. It looks like when you go on a website now, it's like it's almost like a news. It's almost like going onto like the MSN mm-hmm. page, just like a bunch of news content. But then it says you can connect with people. Although I'm pretty sure no one's on. No one's on. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who you're connected yeah. with. Well, yeah. you never know. I mean, we we are on TuneIn Radio, and at least one or two people listen there. So we might get a few more hits from MySpace. Who knows? <laughs> never. I, I might just you know if I got some downtime, I might just expand. You know, put us just one more word for we got to talk to the illustrious girlfriend Kristen and get her to add MySpace on there now too. You never know. <laughs> So, uh, boys, gentlemen, Big Ugly, Jam and Jason, we have got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened since our 50th podcast. Um, So this is going to be a random cluster, as you just said, Big Ugly, of information. Um, We're also going to have an exclusive interview calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. He is a cruiserweight, a professional wrestler. I call him a cruiserweight because he, a light heavyweight because he is of that stature. But, I mean, he can wrestle anybody. Doesn't matter. Uh, he is a wrestler. He is a graphic designer. He uh, works very well on the internet. He's very creative. Uh, he's a part of MCW Pro Wrestling right now. His name is Diaz. Steve Diaz. Good buddy of mine. Real creative. It's going to be a great conversation. We're going to have with him. Speaking of MCW Pro Wrestling, I guess I should just throw this out there right now. Um, it has been something of a possibility for me. By the way, before I say this, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast ain't going nowhere. We still got this. All right, We're still going to be here on all of our outlets. But MCW Pro Wrestling has graciously offered me a position to assist them in their brand new podcast feature. Yeah! Um, So, I believe the working title is very simple, MCW Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, MCW, for those that aren't aware, it's Maryland Championship Wrestling, but uh, they have expanded through the state of Maryland beyond, so MCW Pro Wrestling is the moniker. Uh, But they are out there on all social media platforms. They have great live events. Uh, They travel all over the place. They do some great autograph signings, uh, great promotional stuff. They're all over the place, and I get to assist them as one of the co-hosts of their new podcast. So that is pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to be like Conrad Thompson, the mortgage guy, you know, going out there, being on 10 podcasts. Uh, I can't do that much. But I'll be there once every couple of weeks to do an MCW Pro Wrestling podcast all about the MCW Pro Wrestling events, uh, the results, the what's coming up, and exclusive interviews. This is going to be pretty cool. Um, Get to do exclusive interviews with – there's a lot of people that are in uh, in association with MCW Pro Wrestling. And I'm going to have the opportunity to sit and have interviews and conversations with them. So that is nice. Man, that is so dope. I already told you, man. I'm super happy for you. Um, super proud. I, I can't wait to hear the podcast. And, you know, you we we interview some amazing guests. We do. And we have done it, you know, for the past two years. Right. But, um, you know, the opportunity that you'll get to interview even more indie stars, you know, because MCW is on a bigger platform, you know, and, and, and potentially some WWE or XWWE wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's just huge, you know, and, and um, 
man, I thank the listeners on to this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and for all their support and everything. So we that's great, to. man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you, Big Ugly, for that. I'm excited. It, it wouldn't be for you guys sitting here right here with me right now and all of the Dirty Ugly podcast listeners getting out there and getting into the ears of some of the MCW pro wrestling folks and, you know, hearing what we're doing and liking what we're doing. So uh, we appreciate it. Got to throw it out there to a Desert Storm, Deacon Storm, The Purge, Brian S. Gamble, whatever you want to call him, because um, he's going to, you know, comment on that. Probably with a foul four-letter word, yeah. which he usually does. Breaks our PG-13 <laughs> rating all the time. But we appreciate you. He just blows it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> does, like right out of the water, okay. like out of the beginning. So, um, yeah, we thanks to him. You know, he has uh, me working with him and just in MCW Pro Wrestling as well. Speaking of MCW Pro Wrestling, again, Steve Diaz is going to be on here later on with an exclusive interview. But so much. I've just been taking notes, guys, from the last time that we did DUW50. This is DUW51. Um, we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver Chicago. We're going to talk about the Money in the Bank, which was in Chicago the very next night. We're going to talk about the Chicago native CM Punk and the UFC 225. By the way, shout out to CM Funk, who could not be here with us this evening. Uh, shout out to him. He's a very busy man done doing very busy things. So shout out to CM Funk. Um, just so much happening, man. And... Right off the bat, does anyone want to throw some tangents out yeah, here before I just go into my list? One quick tangent out, um, and it's going to be relative to our hometown in Baltimore. So as you know, we were recently invited out by the Orioles to come. Dirty Ugly <laughs> Wrestling Podcast to the suite. Did you see it on Facebook? Right. Yes. Did you see the pictures seat. on Facebook? It was so, a, wait, that's go not ahead. right. Yeah, so Orioles, right. man, worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah. But they won that day. They we did. That was Father's the first day. home yes. game they won in a month. Uh, Father's Day, as you said. Jim and you knew all about that. Oh, yeah. Brought your two illustrious daughters with you. That's right. That's right. Uh, do they have uh, nicknames, or do we just call them what they, what they are? Uh, what they are. Beth and Lena. Yep. Beth so and Lena. Uh, we have to get some nicknames for them, because they're, they're pretty yeah, some, cool. Some yeah. working names. Yeah. Working names. <laughs> <laughs> working nicknames. And one of them's got to sing on the podcast. They both are very talented. Yes. You know? Uh, but it was pretty cool to have them there. And the suite was full. Suite 66 at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. If you saw the picture on Facebook, there was a lot of people that saw, viewed, liked that picture. Uh, the one with me and Big Ugly and then the one with you, Jam and Jason. With the sign, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, right up on the sign. It was beautiful. And we've got stickers, as you can see, Jam and Jay. Uh, we've got posters. We've got writing journals. We've got scratch paper. We've got playing cards. We've got... Mugs, we've got T-shirts. I'm wearing a T-shirt that dirty, came from the DUW T-shirt. That's right, and it came from CM Funk, and we appreciate that. And on the back, it just says, "We're not right, we're not wrong, we're just fans." That's what it says. And hashtag no hashtag. For <laughs> CM Funk. The king of non-social media, unbelievable. So yeah, that that is fantastic. We had a great time. The Orioles won. They're still the worst team in baseball. They might be going for the. I want them to hit the worst. Record in baseball history. If you're gonna go, go all go out. That's right. You know what I mean. So you're not trying to extend any contracts. You're not trying to earn any jobs. You're just trying to make it through today. Yeah. Yep. You're still playing professional baseball and still getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. So yep. why not just tank? Tank hard. Just tank. Just go yeah. down. Right? We're, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 1988 season, the year that we went 0 and 21 to start this season. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't we finish that season pretty strong though? Towards the end? Strong enough? Yeah. Like third place or something like that? Oh, no, no. We not that bad? Yeah, we it did that good. Place. Didn't we start the season strong? Like, we started good? 
this season? I think we started off in first place for about a week this yeah. season, and then just it tanked, and then just tanked, 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 tanked yeah. very fast. Fast. It's, it's like that's why uh, you know I don't, I don't know. Just baseball. I've been watching a lot of different sports recently. I want to throw sports out there. Let's just throw the tangent out there. The Washington Capitals, pretty close to home, won the Stanley Cup. How about it? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, I just did not realize that the Stanley Cup, you know, 35 pounds of that silver and whatever, what they do with that Stanley Cup. You guys see this stuff online. They put stuff inside the cup and drink it. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, who was the MVP, was sleeping with the cup uh, in the bed with his wife, and who knows what else he was doing with that cup. Uh, they were carrying That's it all around. Disgusting. You can just imagine, like, all the fingers and all the, the people kissing the cup and licking it and doing it. I mean, just like... That is probably the most unsanitary championship trophy I have ever seen in my life. But it was pretty cool to see the Washington Capitals so close to home winning the Stanley Cup. So you know what's so funny? Kudos to them. Yes. And I, I've never known anybody in this city to be a hockey fan. All of a sudden, <laughs> the Washington Capitals go to the playoffs, and now everybody in Baltimore loves hockey. Uh, what, what happened? Where did this come from? <laughs> so this is true enough. Uh, now, they... Washington Capitals have gone to the playoffs a couple of years in a row and have lost to Pittsburgh. So it's this whole Pittsburgh rivalry that got everybody talking. Uh, We got to the second round, we played Pittsburgh again, and we beat them. So now that's when everybody became a fan. And it's like, okay, well now we're in the, the, the final and now we're in the Stanley Cup. So people now are jumping on the bandwagon. Everybody was like, nah, it is what it is. But then people started talking when we started beating Pittsburgh. Because anytime that anybody from Baltimore or Washington beats Pittsburgh, it's a it's, big it's a blessing, deal. Yeah. So, so speaking of... Speaking of... I don't know why I said that because this has nothing to do with Pittsburgh. Okay, well, I mean, it's a tangent. Washington. But it is another sports tangent. So Go ahead. Since the last time we spoke, we're just going to cover basketball now. Okay. Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. decimated the Cleveland Cavaliers. Complete shutout. Four games to nothing. Yeah. Watch basketball, Jamie J? Not too much. Okay. Fair enough. I don't watch it until the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. Too many games to keep up with. So, uh, was this interesting at all? I mean, most of these games were a blowout. Nothing that was even close. I mean... Yeah. Not... not The big story was, I think, LeBron James was in his last... Possibly his last games as a Cleveland... Wait, no. It wasn't a shutout, right? No, they won one. Are you sure? Did Cleveland win one? As far as I know, it was a shutout. Maybe they. Maybe I believe it was four nothing. I, 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 I wrote down. I, I think you might be right. All right. I just remember LeBron James playing on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who lost all four games, being his last, possibly his last hurrah in Cleveland. That's what the big story was, because Golden State had won the championship on the road, and they showed the picture of the Golden State Arena, which was kind of three quarters full, where they were kind of going crazy. But most of the camera was on LeBron James, <coughs> on the losing team, walking to the locker room, taking his jersey off, sitting down for the last five minutes of the game. How about that? Isn't that interesting? I mean, LeBron James is sort of the Michael Jordan of this era. You know, he's the most recognized basketball player, one of the most recognized sports figures in the world. So what do you think about that, Big Ugly? You think, uh, I mean, does it? Yeah, it was a shout-out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say it again. I was just saying LeBron James. Like, you know, the focus a lot on him. You know, instead of the Golden State winning, because I think Golden State won last year. Yeah. Um, well, they won the last three or four years or something like that. But yeah. uh, I just I watched it. It was very anticlimactic. I just didn't feel anything. You mean um, anticlimactic? Oh, because Golden State like won again? Well, I think you have to look at it like this. So, number one, Golden State winning is nothing new. You no, know, we've right. come to expect that the past couple years. Okay. Um, and not only that, but we've also come to see this rivalry between Golden State and the Cavaliers for like the past, what, four years? Yeah. I think four years they've gone. I know four years 
Golden State is gone, right? Yeah, I so believe, at least for like four years, it's like Cavs and Golden State. So, but I think the bigger thing is that LeBron James is the biggest star in NBA. Okay. So you've got Golden State who have a bunch of you know stars on their team, and that's obviously what's getting them to win the championships. Mm-hmm. But the big question mark is LeBron James: Is he staying with Cleveland? Is he going? At okay. the end of the day, he's the big star. He's the player that everybody is looking to see. Looking to see what happens. So, is he going to stay? <clears throat> is he going to? Do we know yet? There, I mean, there are analysts that think he might stay. Rumor um, and innuendo? Yeah, there's rumor and innuendo, but a lot of people <laughs> think that he might move on. Um, I don't know to what team. Some people, a lot of people say the Lakers, but I don't know. L.A. Lakers. Yeah. So, and, and this is just to capitalize on that, Barry Trotz, who was the head coach of the Washington Capitals, just won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, yeah. and Barry Trotz is gone. Did he retire? Uh, he's going to be coaching another team, apparently. So, oh shoot! So, no contract extension, no offer. You know, just no just, chance. <laughs> just gone. How, how do you? How do does that? that happen? The the head coach of the big, the best team, and I don't know. I I was hoping that they would pull out some more money and say, hey man, um, we're here, <coughs> man. You know, no, so, and we got this, and no, we should do he, this. We've he, been in playoffs he, every year. You know what I'm saying? He rubbed somebody the wrong way. He might have. Um, so yeah, that's that's all that was. So it's it's just pretty interesting uh, how things have been going on in the sports world. Uh, they've released uh, schedules for the Baltimore Ravens, schedules for the Capitals next season. Um, Joe Flacco, man, he in trouble, man. What he, got some, he got some competition for what? Now he's not really in trouble, but what I'm saying is that you know we picked up uh, what's his name, Lamar Jackson. Is it J- Lamar Jackson, quarterback? Yeah. Okay. And so um, you know everybody's looking to see what he's going to do. So I mean, anytime a team picks up a quarterback. In the first round, when you have a star quarterback, that's usually, you know, <laughs> kind of the middle finger to that starting quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It happened to Peyton Manning when Andrew Luck came on board mm. and you saw what happened. Manning went to Denver that next season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could be looking at Flacco's last season, but I guess we'll see. Because there's no way they're going to let Lamar Jackson sit on the sidelines. You don't pick a number one, you know, a, yeah. a first round quarterback just to have him sit for right. another five years while your starter still goes. That's not how it works. So. Well, you know, Flacco and, and JMJ, you can attest to this. We went to some of those games. Flacco just ain't, you know, gelling with that did not get it done. Yeah. You know, they had an, what, 8-8 eight eight season or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what do you think? A new quarterback, new life? To and the, maybe uh, about time. I know his back seems to be still hurting him. Mm-hmm. At least it did last year. He wasn't really making the plays. He seemed like he was moving much slower. Mm-hmm. So it could be time. Yeah. Plus, I think the Ravens also signed another quarterback, didn't they? R- well, I know RG three yeah. signed on, but really, I don't. I think RG three is still with them to this at this point. But there's no telling if he's actually going to make it through final cuts. Gotcha. Mm. So with them picking up Lamar Jackson, having Flacco, there's a big chance that RG three might get cut because I think there's also another quarterback on the roster. So they got four, and they're going to take that down to three. So he could end up um, on the chopping block there. Uh, RG three is a sad. He's a sad football story. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a sad football case. But and he's marketable on. too. But yeah. uh, you know, in the name, everybody knows yeah. who it is. But yeah, and he spent like a year, I think, as a free agent because like he didn't play last year. I don't think a team picked him up. I don't think yeah. so. Or did or did they? One of the years he got injured with Cleveland. Like that's his that's an issue. He keep getting injured. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. we got football. tangents. Yeah, we let's got more on. tangents. Let's move on. This to is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Let's talk about UFC yeah. for a minute. Uh, and again, once again, Steve Diaz, uh, MCW Pro Wrestling, is going to be on in a couple of minutes. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to talk about Money in the Bank and NXT TakeOver. So UFC, I believe the only thing we talked about this right before we logged on here is CM Punk. 
was on UFC 225. Yeah. You know what? And I, he lost. This is this is an issue. In a Before decision. we get into Punk. Punk. It's an issue that the only thing that we have to talk about for UFC is CM, CM Punk. Punk. That's that's a problem. And like, he's our undercard guy. You right. know, he's a he's an opening match guy. He's the least guy. talented MMA fighter <laughs> all right, on the roster. And that's, that's the only person we're talking about. And he's down to 165 pounds or something like that. <clears throat> Good lord. You think Vince would even put him on 205? He's not even at 205. Like, not even close to 205. He wouldn't keep 205 alive, Jamie yeah. My God. So, is there anything else to talk about in UFC? I mean, do we even know? I mean, we could go to the Google machine and we could look up those fights. No offense to UFC. They just don't have a lot going right now. They don't have They don't have stars. Um, yeah. And without Conor McGregor, um, it's just looking pretty pretty bleak for so them. So, is, is he on a hiatus or is he going to fight Mayweather again? Or what's going no, on? No. So, I think Mayweather and Conor are dead. There was one point where Mayweather, it was rumored that Mayweather was going to start training with, uh, uh, what's that? What's the guy? T- uh, Tyson uh, Whitford. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> you know, the the other guy, the oh, black guy from oh, UFC. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so, but Mayweather said he's not worried about fighting right now, so that's done. So, I think they're trying to get a matchup between Connor and Khabib. Um, Khabib. Yeah. All right. The guy Khabib. So, I don't know his first name. And that, that would be a UFC fight? Yeah, that would okay. be a UFC fight. But, uh, I mean... Connor walked away with a hundred million dollars, so I don't think that he's he's not hurting he's not for hurting work for, right, right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. It's like what does he have to prove, right? So uh, the only other fighter fighter I really knew on this card was Holly Holm, mm-hmm. and she beat Megan Anderson. Yay! Yeah, fantastic. <clears throat> I was actually considering going to Buffalo Wild Wings or just getting that pay per view. I think it was sixty nine ninety five. I mean, it's, wow. come on, man. Hey, they got to bring those pay-per-view prices down. But you know what? They can do that with CM Punk on the card, which is still crazy. They can. And I think yeah. the buy rate was probably pretty good. Uh, but once you got to the CM Punk fight and they had it first, yeah, you know, y'all had the money. So you can decide to watch the rest of it if you want, but you don't yeah. have to. Uh, but those things go so late. I mean, there's, they start in Vegas, but they start on the, the East Coast here about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and they go until 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. So that's some, that's some late stuff for us. Dang. Uh, but yeah, UFC. Hopefully, we'll have something to talk about more in the UFC future. I, I have no problem yeah. with fighting. No problem with the octagon. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the UFC. But talking about Punk, um, you know, it was he lost, and I mean, he went to decision, which that's better better than he did. But, yeah. but he still I lost. Mean, even Dana White said that he thinks that Punk is pretty much done. And uh, so, I mean, if Dana White's saying you're you're, you're finished, uh, it's probably about time for him to walk away. Hey, at the end of the day, he did it. He, he, did. he went in. Good for him. Uh, there have been other successful wrestlers to MMA <laughs> transitions, but yes. Punk just wasn't one of those ones. So, okay. But. Most of the stuff we're talking about in UFC <clears throat> right now is in the WWE. Ronda Rousey going into the UFC Hall of Fame. That's being talked about in the WWE. Brock Lesnar being the longest reigning universal champion of all time. <coughs> Please go back to UFC. Well, he might. <laughs> I mean, there's, st- there's still a dual deal there, so he could still do- and then cross-promotion. You know, that might help. UFC, uh, but Brock wants to fight because he wants to fight John Jones, which I would love to John see. John Bone Jones. John, John uh, I mean, two different weight classes, but I think Bones could pick up some some weight because I mean he's right underneath the heavyweight. Um, what if Bones cleans him up? What happens if he wins decisively or at all? I mean, does that destroy <coughs> Lesnar? But Lesnar's got a guaranteed partial so, contract. No, all right. time. this is why it doesn't destroy Lesnar. Number one. Number one argument could be made that Lesnar doesn't fight full-time anymore. Number two, you could also make the argument that Lesnar is a lot older than than Jones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
But the only thing is, Jones has not been fighting for a long time either because he keeps right. getting suspended. So, <laughs> well, so, they both have that problem yeah. from time to time. Yeah. So I, I think it would be good. Though. I mean, I love I love John Jones. So that would be I, a I highly love, marketable fight. Would it? Man? I mean, you damn. talk about buy rates. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about ninety nine, ninety five on the UFC. Yeah. And I might pay it. Or we could actually like get a group together. Get a group and, and get it, it right. That's exactly. what we used to do. Oh, like, yes. They had the WWE and WCW pay-per-views once a month. Heck yeah. yeah. Remember that Jam and Jay where we had that they had like twelve to fourteen pay-per-views per company per yeah, year. I do remember. And that. they were all like nineteen, twenty, uh, maybe twenty, thirty, forty sometimes. Yep. And we would just get a group of people together and throw five bucks in a hat and say, Here we go, let's go. Here we go, yeah. And get some pizza from uh King's King's Pizza. King's Hamden. Pizza in Hamden, yep. Hamden, Maryland. Hamden. Mm. Gotta go so, on Hamden, Maryland. Speaking of, man, we start to move into the wrestling portion of this. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling the Podcast. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is actually going to talk about some wrestling now. So, <clears throat> big announcement. Big Van Vader. Mm. Gone from here. Damn. Leon White. That's sad, man. 63 years old, I think he was. But he's been yeah. battling some... Some bad health problems for a while. I always followed him on uh, Twitter, you know, just following his uh, tweets and everybody trying to be supportive of him and everything like that. Uh, WWE's done a lot on their website and on their social media, and I'm sure they're going to do a, you know, a 10 bell and a nice uh, video package probably coming up on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so whenever you see this, uh, Big Van Vader, that's somebody. And, and now I know you got in and out of wrestling at different times, Big Ugly, but did you know? I, I was, I was. Definitely watching when Vader was wrestling. Okay. Because I was a huge fan of Vader and Shawn Michaels. Oh, man. Time. In your house. Yeah, you remember in your that? house. I did. Yes, yeah. Like a 30 minute match <laughs> yeah. that ended in uh, nobody won. I think it was that's where in, uh, Psycho Sid came out and Undertaker and everybody came out at the end of that match. But that was great. And Go ahead. No, I was just going to say have you seen any of his matches with Sting? No. From WCW. You, you should. Need no. to watch okay. the Sting feud. Look at the, the network. Sting it's all over the, the network. Catch Jack feud from WCW. Oh shoot! Okay. Ninety-two. Ninety-two ish. Ninety-three. Yeah. Early nineties. I only uh, know him from uh, WWE. Watch, yeah, watch the. WCW. And I remember when Cornette was the manager. When That's he was right. Manager, yeah. Harley Race was his manager. Uh huh. Oh, WCW. Okay. Yeah. All right. Check uh, that out, man. There's classic Vader stuff, man. Yeah, him and Sting had a leather strap match. Yes, was they it did. White Castle of Fear, they called it, or something <laughs> like some stupid name. Some but weird basically, gimmick. it was a hardcore leather strap match yeah. where both men ended up with tons of welts Whip on their back. out of each yeah, other. Yeah, watch that oh, match. That one, yeah. Why do people <laughs> wrestle, man? It's like, like what <laughs> is wrong? Like, what is wrong with these? Guys? Talk about laying it in. <laughs> um, yeah, and just a real sad time with. Uh, just people passing in, in the entertainment world and in the profession. He seemed like you know he was before his time. I, I got to work with him not too long ago. Uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling, MCW Pro Wrestling. He came out, did a shout out there. He sat in the back. Um, you know, he was kind of a little slow moving. You know, up there, but he was pretty approachable. <coughs> you know, shook hands and very lightly shook hands. This is a 400 pound guy who used to beat the yeah, people. You know, whatever. But the, the handshake was real light because you gotta gotta remember you gotta gotta respect you know people in the business. You never know these they work with their hands all the time. You know, grabbing people, holding people up. So you gotta be careful. But it was a very light handshake, very very respectful. But man, big guy, man, so sad. Shame, damn shame. Christian said that if you're in a business and you shake lightly, that means that it's going to be an easy night. This, that, that you're 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 a light worker. <laughs> Th- that could be true. There's a lot of different ways to take the handshake yeah. uh, in pro wrestling. Some people do the handshake. Some people do the fist bump. Uh, you know, depends on the company. Depends on the workers. Uh, some people go for, go in for the big shake. Some people go for the light, you know, two finger, three finger kind of thing. But you just kind of gauge it off of the person that you're 
your chick in their hand. If you know them really well, then you know, you high five, you know, do the, on the backhand side, you know, whatever the hell. But if it, you don't know them, just go up and just offer your hand and offer it very gentle. And don't go in to try to knock somebody. Because you could do that and you could try to go up against a veteran. You try to shake their hand real hard and be like, oh shit, you're trying to buck up to me now. Yeah. So it's a. I, that's something I learned early on in the business, and I'm still learning. <laughs> Six years, seven years in, I'm still learning. I love these like I don't know unspoken rules of wrestling. It's like it's like its own little world, which is cool. If you I look and watch, uh, especially <clears throat> an independent wrestling show, um, watch before most workers and wrestlers get in the ring, they wipe their feet on the ring apron before they step into the ring. Even referees do that. Even ring announcers do that. Um, so that's just a way of just saying I respect what's in this 20 by 20 or whatever it is so I'm just going to wipe my feet just like how you would wipe your feet before you walk into somebody's house like Big Ugly yeah. the mansion um, mansion 2.0 2. I should 0. say <coughs> Chris Burns is probably still lost in my mansion mm-hmm. from the DW50 so you never know um, but Big Van Vader you know uh, definitely shout out to him and hopefully they get some uh, nice video packages on him uh, let's see I got uh, Steve Diaz going to be calling in sometime in the near future. What else we got? Can we talk about the fact that Big Cass just got released? I was going to bring that up. Did anybody? Respect in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody see this coming? Please, Jam and Jay, go ahead. I did not see it coming until I heard about some of the stories behind the scenes over the last few weeks. Hold on. All right. So what's the stories? Uh, There's a couple things. uh, Of course, rumor and innuendo. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything. But... um, there's two things I heard. Uh, one, that he didn't practice an interview behind the scenes. And he was supposed to run through one of the interviews he did on SmackDown, I guess, in the last couple of weeks. And yeah. he, he refused to do it behind the scenes. So that kind of ticked Vince off. And then there was some uh, incident on, a, was it a plane or a bus? Did you um, hear about this one? I, I heard uh, he was, something on a bus, yes. He was locked into a bathroom, and he thought he was being ribbed, but apparently the door broke and he was really locked in yeah. and he busted the door off and came like screaming out and causing a scene on the bus you know Could totally broke the bu- bathroom yeah, I door remember. I thought it was a bus yeah it may, oh, may have been a bus. totally broke the bathroom door nobody <laughs> else could use the bathroom the rest of the trip yeah and I want to say this happened over in Europe so, right of course yeah, yeah it would have been overseas yeah. tours yep yeah but yeah. did he pick up some of these bad habits from Enzo is this like right because if when if I recall during the time that Enzo was there all the heat seemed like it was on Enzo mm-hmm. like it, it's like every all the bad per- people talking about the bad personality was and the rumors were all about Enzo I don't know maybe Enzo was like that buffer before yeah. you know what I'm saying for him it's like nobody could really see the cast because everybody just looked at Enzo was like man he's the worst you know but and then it's like you know but then big cast came back you know or it could be that after his injury, he just kind of came back with, like, a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know. Well, a lot of stuff went down attitude. for him. He got injured. He was out for a while. He and Carmella were dating for a long time. And, and then they Carmella, broke uh, they broke up. Because of his injury. Because right. he was so bitter about it. And and then what happened? Carmella, it, out of the three of them, she's now being pushed to the moon. She's a SmackDown Women's Champion still. Uh, you know, she won the first ever Money in the Bank, first and second ever, two nights later, Money in the Bank women's ladder match. So it had to be hard on both of those guys, Enzo and Cass. I'm not defending them because I don't know yeah. the backstage stuff, but here's what I think <coughs> Enzo and Cass and Carmella were all brought up to the main roster. They all succeeded in NXT. They all got brought up to the main roster. They all got pushed to the moon t- t- in different ways, in different places. Um, Enzo got. You know, put over on 205, keeping 205 yep. alive. Yep. Uh, became the champion, I think, at some point in time before he left. Yep. Um, and they were putting big casts and storylines with big people. So it's 
you got to work with what you got. I'm not sure what their attitude was backstage, but they were with the company for several years, and they still weren't let go. You know, they were still being worked, still working, still getting paid. So the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess, was, you know, Forenzo was that supposed, you know, altercation, which he was acquitted of. Yeah, personally, I feel like Enzo would still be with the company if it wasn't for that, even with his attitude, because he was so over. It was marketable. Right, he's very, he's way more marketable than Cass. Yeah, unfortunately, and Cass is seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. But if you have genetics, you can be that. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's pretty much all he had. I, and Cass was, I have no problem with Cass. I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't working. You know what I'm saying? I feel the yeah. same. So he tapped out to Daniel Bryan at uh, what was it? Money in the Money Bank. Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. And then I think it was a, the day or two the, later. The very next day, yeah. yeah oh, the very next day. Yeah, he he wasn't on this SmackDown that just passed. So like right. right. So on that Monday, it was announced that he had been released. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I think it was that SmackDown because I think I think it was that Tuesday because I remember reading an article saying that Vince called a big meeting on that Tuesday before SmackDown pretty much to release. Ah oh, damn. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, big cast not gonna be with us anymore, yeah. pal. Damn. Um, He's one of those guys, but you know what? I think he might be a Jinder Mahal kind of case. You know, I think it might be one of those emotional decisions like, all right, you know, he's pissing me off a lot right now. (laughs) We're going to let him go. Let him go do his thing. Or like a Drew McIntyre, he goes off on the indies. He keeps himself straight, and we could see him back later on. Very true. I think it could be one of those. Let me throw that tangent in there for real quick. You said Drew McIntyre? Yeah. So Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler have teamed up recently. Guess who just won the Intercontinental Championship? Dolph Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. This is a guy that's been flying under the radar and getting the push non-push for so many years. I did not see him winning the Intercontinental Championship on Monday Night Raw. I I did not see it. And he cheated, just like, and we'll get into the money in the bank. So Seth Rollins pulled some tights, so Dolph Ziggler pulled some tights. But Dolph Ziggler's a heel. It makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. So, go ahead. I was just going to say, is he going to keep the belt, or is he going to give it back, like, the last time when he won the U.S. title? Last He he gave it up when he won the U.S. title. That was a huge deal, and then he gave it up and left. Yeah. But I I feel like they still never paid that off. They never did. Am I the only one that feels that way? Yeah. Like, when he came back, it was just like, okay, he's back. Yeah. Then it was like, I, I don't know. It was like, well, what was the point of all this? So I, I think he'll keep. I think he'll keep the IC belt. I think they're going to have him be like, you know, almost like a Shawn Michaels. It's like now he's got a Diesel with him, and he's the IC champion. Yeah, go. I mean, it's the, it's the Shawn Michaels story. Again, yeah. so. I like it. Yeah, we haven't seen that story for yeah, a while. Why so not? I like it. Yeah. Work it. The but then <coughs> Drew McIntyre got to break off on his own and go heavyweight and yeah. tear it up because he's awesome. The problem is, can Ziggler get over? Because I feel like people have fatigued a bit of Ziggler because of this hot and cold thing yeah. that they keep doing with him. It's tough. Yeah. There's no momentum in either direction for him. Right. So it could just dry up. But McIntyre could make it interesting. He could. Yeah. So we'll see. So never saw it coming. Um, what else? Morrow. Oh, Morrow. Ronaldo. Okay, so Morrow Ronaldo <coughs> was a uh, he was a big time voiceover guy, Showtime boxing, big time coming up, coming up, coming up. Got a shot with the WWE on SmackDown when they rebranded to SmackDown Live. Uh, I love his voice. I love his character. Mamma mia! What I, you know? God, I love this guy, and he's so into it, so passionate. And then you know he has bipolar. He, he's legitimately bipolar. I did not know this, um, and he has some serious emotional problems. So he had some you know, problems traveling, had some problems with some other people, including JBL, which we've talked about before. So he left. 
and went back to get fixed, to go to rehab, fix himself, came back to Showtime Boxing, but then got a shot with NXT. That's the perfect place for him as the lead commentator for NXT. Um, love it. But I just passing through channels, and I saw on Showtime that there's Mauro Ranallo, bipolar rock and roller. What a great name. Oh, wow. um, and it's, it's basically an autobiography on him. Just talking about his bipolar and, and you know everything that he's been going through and how he loves music and things like that. If, so if you get a chance to watch that on Showtime or Showtime On Demand, check that out. What do you guys think of Mauro Ronaldo? Let's start with you, Jamie J. Oh, one of the best commentators out there. Think so? These days, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's definitely knows his stuff. Yep. And he's passionate and he covers what he says very well. He's legit, <coughs> like he's ready. You know what I'm saying? And he's got that character in him, like that uh, that '80s Vince McMahon kind of voice character that pushes it so far it makes you believe what do you think yeah actually I, I think that his passion and energy is unlike any other commentator we had uh in this day and age yeah which uh, is there any reason he wasn't at this recent takeover he was working showtime boxing yeah, oh, okay. for the, or, all right yeah so <coughs> that's another thing that they allow him to do and he's he's double contracted man he i mean they want him in both places yeah. well it works out for them because it gives wwe more legitimacy to say like we've got this Big time Showtime boxing commentator mm -hmm. also coming to do us, you know. Yeah. Um. So I can understand why they do that. Yeah. And uh, if you ever watch, there is a video of him commentating the six way North American Championship match, uh, the ladder match from NXT Takeover right before <coughs> WrestleMania. And there's a camera on him. So if you watch him, he's like out of his seat the whole time, jumping, screaming, and it's it works because yeah. it's it's just totally cool. Yeah. So good stuff for Mauro and Alo. Got to throw it out there. Um. What else? Did this all-in show happen yet? This Cody Rhodes, this uh, did that happen yet, or is that happening soon? September. It's in September. Is that the, is that's that 10,000 yes. people? That's that sold, sold, out, sold out, right? It sold out pretty much right away. Dude, that's crazy. Hey, big, big props to Cody and with the Young Bucks. The Young together Bucks, too, all the right? Bullet Club people, yeah. I mean, that's a big accomplishment, man. 10,000 for an indie crowd? Speaking of that, just throw that right into Ring of Honor like we were talking about last night with uh, Jason the Argonaut Kepner. Yep. Uh, Ring of Honor doing some big things, you know, selling out some 10,000-seat places, trying to do Madison Square Garden, <coughs> but I don't think Vince is going to let that happen. Yeah, Vince is kind of blocking him on that. <laughs> For real? Yeah. yeah. He still, I, I thought, I, I didn't think WWE was still that involved with New York. They are, well, they're more involved with the Barclays Center now. With, for TV, anyway. Yeah. But they do live events at Madison Square Garden like once every couple of months, and they sell oh. out all the time. Oh, okay. So they still do the uh, the live events there. But I think I don't think Vince <coughs> wants uh, them on their ground, even though th there's no real competition there. Just Vince wants to keep that sacred holy ground. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, yeah. I don't think I don't know if WCW ever did a show there back in their heyday, did they? No, nah, I don't no. think they crossed. Yeah, they didn't come up to New York. Yeah, that I day. don't believe yeah. they did. So... Uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then just talking about the shows, I think Fox got the uh, the rights to SmackDown starting in 2019, so I think it's going to be Fox Sports. Yeah. Uh, not USA anymore, but NBC Universal still keeping Raw, I believe. Yes, they are, yeah. Uh, so things are going to change in the next year. Mood is about to change is what they say. Um, talking about the pay-per-views, we always talked about the length yeah. of the pay-per-views. I didn't realize that Money in the Bank was four hours, and it started at seven. I think it ran 15 over. Yes, it did. It went to 11.15. Yeah. So, uh, crazy stuff there, but I think with the less pay-per-views now, they're going to be more content on the pay-per-views because they're double-branded. So, very interesting. We're going to get to that later on in the show. But uh, just so many tangents. Again, so much to talk about. Uh, let me see. What was this? I had something in here. We talked about Daniel Bryan. We talked about Big Cass. We talked about that. Man, what else we got as tangents? Oh, Ford. 
the, the uh, automobile company. So they got Dennis Leary doing a voiceover on the Ford commercial. We're not, we don't just set the bar, we are the bar. So they stole that shit from, <laughs> from the bar, which we haven't seen in the bar in a while, actually. On, uh, yeah, what, yeah. yeah. What have they been? I know Seamus was fighting an injury for a while. Is that what it is? Okay. But, uh, that's what it's got to be. Injured. I love the bar. <clears throat> I really yeah. do. No, they're, they're a great tag team. And I, I think uh, Seamus is probably going to be retiring soon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. By the way, Vader needs to go in the Hall of Fame. He should have gone in a couple of years ago. I always said it, but he's got to go in now. Yeah, you know what I mean. They'll put him in. They got to posthumously. They got to do that once every year. So, put him into the Hall of Fame. Shout out to all our independent wrestling uh, promotions out there. MCW Pro Wrestling, of course. Um, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, ACW. Uh, shout out to James Ellsworth who made his return to uh, Money in the Bank, where he assisted Carmella in retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship against your girl. Yeah. So here's my thing, Oscar. Go ahead. And I know we. We could cover this later on when we actually get some money in the bank segment, but I'm going to just comment on it. Go ahead. So, I don't understand this move. I don't feel like Carmella needs James Ellsworth. If they were going to plug, I, I don't mind Ellsworth. I think he's he's good in the role that they usually put him in. But I feel like if they were going to put him somewhere else, I would have been more intrigued. But putting him back with Carmella, I'm just like, I don't, I don't get she it. She doesn't need it now. She doesn't need it, right. And it, it, if it was just to give her... A heater, like, I don't know, just take another... They got plenty of women wrestlers. Not all of them are in angles right now. Right. You know, you could have put somebody with her. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess it is a different dynamic having a male heater, you know. Sure. Um, or manager, whatever you want to talk about. Any man with two hands, man. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't... Uh, what do you think, Jam and Jay? James Ellsworth, yeah or nay? Uh, nay. No? No. <laughs> now, I don't mind, and you might agree with me on this, I don't mind for the one-shot shock value for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yeah. But, I mean, he came out on SmackDown the next night. It was in the opening segment. Carmella came out, and, uh, of course, Asuka interfered. It was Asuka's music, and it was James Ellsworth under the Asuka mask again with the big reveal. But I don't think it went anywhere. You know what I mean? That promo just kind of fell flat. So I don't know if this is a long-term deal for Ellsworth. I don't know if it's a short-term deal. I know he's uh, got a lot of indie dates booked in the next couple of months, so who knows? Could just be a short-term, you know, yeah. shot deal. I think what I think will happen, I think it's going to be short-term. I think what they're going to do is they're going to use Ellsworth during this period that Carmella's feuding with Asuka. Sure. So that if Carmella beats Asuka, it doesn't have to be a clean victory. Mm-hmm. Until, until which point they'll finally give Asuka the, the title. Mm-hmm. And I think Ellsworth will... Go away. Think at so? that point, at the end again, of, yeah, I think so. And this is a guy that was never <coughs> supposed to get a shot in the first place, and he had a 16-month run, and then got let go because we they didn't have anything for him right now. But then got brought back again. That's just incredible to me. You never know what could happen on independent wrestling. Always show up. Always bring your gear. Always be ready to do whatever is necessary. Yeah. Yep. Please, seriously. And a shout-out to Alan Clayball. Same thing. Works on SWO Pro Wrestling with me. You know, he got a shot, and he was on 205 Live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he you know, did, went in there, did the J-O-B. <coughs> That's fine, but he worked on WWE television. And it's on the network now forever, so you never know. Is it? It's 205? It's still going? It's, it's still, still going. going. Okay. Uh, Somehow. It's the right. It's still going. I'm not quite sure. Right, speaking of 205, can uh, I just say this? You can. There is one guy that I know for sure is about to be very pissed when he moves up to the main roster. Which one? You guys know who I'm talking about. You sure we do? Yeah. Which one? Go ahead. It's Ricochet. Right, right okay. He oh, probably yeah. believes he has this big future okay. ahead of him. 
And I'm going to tell you, as soon as he get up there, Vince is going to have a talk with him. How we need you on 205. I saw the flip you did off the ring. We need it. That's what's going to happen. Got to be on 205. Um, yeah, I hope not. I, I mean, I see it happening. Yeah. It could happen. But, I mean, you know, he's ricochet, especially in the indies, man. He's so fantastic. And we're going to talk about that in NXT TakeOver segment as well. Uh, Ricochet is just unbelievable. Him and Velveteen Dream had a match at NXT TakeOver that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but if they're going to keep 205 alive, as you say, they're going to have to keep bringing new talent and new blood up there. So is Ricochet, I guess he's under that weight limit. I guess he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he pretty much is a cruiserweight. Yeah. I mean, and there's no way. There's no way. No chance. There's no chance. <laughs> That's what you've got, all right? Because he's going to end up on 205. And it's like, I know that 205 is like the last place that someone like him wants to go because Ricochet, I know he considers himself a big star, which he is. Yeah. And he has a lot of potential. But it's like with 205, when you find guys that can do what he does and that fits that profile, you're going to put them there. I yeah. mean, because it's, it's business, right? It's like, all right, I've got this show, 205 Live, that I need viewers. I need stars on it. <clears throat> you take one of the biggest Cruiserweight stars from NXT and you put them on it. It just makes sense. I mean, when you think about a cru- Cruiserweight guys on the main roster, it's like you already got Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You've got Seth Rollins. Yeah. You know, um, they're not going to overload the show with a bunch of little small guys. Sure. When you know they have a program specifically for these. For guys. that. <clears throat> what do you think, Jam and Jay? I was on the thing that they, uh, they need to move the, the time of the show. You know, after SmackDown, especially after this kind of weekend where it's yeah. like we had NXT Takeover Saturday, four to five hours of wrestling on a Sunday. By mm-hmm. the time you get to Tuesday, ten o'clock, you're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> you just need to move it to a different time. Move it before SmackDown. Record it before SmackDown and just leave it on the network, just like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. And then that that leaves the fans not wanting more, and, you know, you can watch 205 Live. You can binge watch it if you want to do And I think fans would appreciate it more as a lead-in to SmackDown, you know, the preliminary. Build-up. Like, build-up to your main event, your heavyweights or whatever you want to Right, which essentially is what... WCW did absolutely with their with their, their cruiserweights at the top, and of the they car. put them at the top, yeah. and it got everybody hyped and ready for you know the main event card. Yeah, dang, That's it's a strategy that works. So, yeah. you know, why not? Use it? I agree. <clears throat> so we have gone off on so many tangents here. Let's um do this. I think we've got so many things. This has been this the longest list. opener we've ever done. It is. Like, we're like 45 minutes. <laughs> but that's This is we, number 51, man. Right. That's right. 51. So this might be a longer podcast. I mean, we try to keep it to 90 minutes, two hours, unless Desert Storm or Deacon Storm's on here, then it's three hours. But, I mean, we're, we're going. This, this is going to run a little longer, so we appreciate you sticking with us right now. But we're going to come back in just a minute, and we're going to have an interview uh, and a conversation with uh, Steve Diaz. And I'm going to give him <coughs> quite an introduction like I used to do in ACW, uh, Adrenaline Championship wrestling um before we go to that tangent i just want to throw one more thing in there oh upcoming guests for the dirty ugly wrestling podcast we want to get matt temby back on a personal fitness trainer you know for yes. tell us what to do during the summer so hopefully for dw episode 52 we will have matt temby back on so that he can tell everybody how to stay in shape for the summer because from his own words this is where people struggle the most. Right. Is staying in shape and staying fit during the summertime. Which, 
I am struggling with already because as you can see, I've been drinking nothing but Coke Zero for months. The summertime hit, I'm back to regular Pepsi. Uh. It's, it's, it's life, people. So we're going to talk to Matt He's going to help us uh, live life. Plus, uh, our friend Emma, uh, who I know from the cosplay world, uh, we've been trying to get her on for a long time, but she's very busy doing a lot of different things. She's also getting married sometime in the near future, which is great, so she's planning a wedding. Uh, but we're going to have her on. Plus, the punk rock all-star, Sean Cannon. You know who I'm talking oh, yeah. about, Jan yeah. Jason. Yeah. Uh, he worked uh, at a show at EWA, oops, I'm sorry, EWA Pro Wrestling uh, not too long ago, and uh, I got to uh, interact with him. And he, you know, he came up to me and he said, hey, man, how about this podcast? I mean, yeah, he's been a busy man doing his own thing, and now we've got our own thing, so we're going to talk to Sean Cannon. That might be a three-hour podcast in itself, because Sean Cannon can talk. <laughs> uh, but he is very knowledgeable, uh, very wise, and very creative, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So those guests and more from all different aspects of life coming up on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. But right now, why don't we take a break? Let you all get a Coke Zero or a regular Pepsi or a bottle of water. Use the bathroom. Whatever you want to do. I have a lead-in. Oh, you have a lead-in? I have a lead-in. Oh, so we're going to ask Jam and Jason. He's going to take us into the break. Jam and Jason, go ahead. What time is it? Vader time? What time is it? Game time. It's Vader time. (laughs) I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but we're going to be right back. Good job. We are back yeah. from the... D- <laughs> See, you cut me off yeah. there, you son of a... Uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here with... Jam and Jason. Live in the Mansion 2.0. Well, not necessarily live. I mean, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And Face- soon MySpace. <laughs> <Yeah>. Soon <laughs> MySpace. And who knows, Podcast One, you never know. I'm branching out and doing some different things, but I keep doing this here with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Speaking of doing different things, I have reunited with an old friend. Reunited, and I could sing that, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let me introduce this uh, gentleman the way I should. So, standing five foot six inches tall, weighing in at, he did, but this might be different now, 165 pounds. And for 1,439 days, he was the defending and longest reigning ACW light heavyweight champion of all time, the Mexican mini boss. Diaz! What's up, Steve? <laughs> what up, boys? <laughs> What's up? How hey. was that? Did I do all right? I mean, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, no, you nailed it. Absolutely. I appreciate the extra inch and the 20 or so extra pounds. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going by your build, you know, height and weight. You know, what you told me to do as a ring announcer, because I follow you, man. You're the one doing the work in the ring. I thought we had Kevin Hart on the show for a second. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this guy's as entertaining as Kevin Hart, if not more. No offense to Kevin Hart, but uh, you know, Steve, welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. How you doing tonight? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, right before we uh, logged on here, you were giving us a little bit of your diet. Um, we were doing a sound level, and you were telling us, and you got us all hungry about uh, what breakfast that you wanted to eat, that you usually eat in the morning. I don't know if that was just to, to give us a level or if that was a shoot, but. Um, tell us a little bit about Steve Diaz. Tell us a little bit about the man. Who are we talking to on the podcast here? Well, I've been a wrestling fan for pretty much the entirety of my life, as I'm sure all of us have mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um, 
I started backyard wrestling with a couple of friends of mine after watching the uh, 93 King of the Ring. Uh, the one with Mick Foley and The Undertaker, I could be wrong, might be 92. It's, wow, such a long time ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for the longest time, uh, wrestling has been a part of my life. My family, my mom and my aunt were actually uh, working for WCW at the time when they were around. They did uh, their merchandise, their hats and T-shirts and pretty much handled all of those things so when they would come into town uh wcw when they would come into town we would get some comp tickets and we'd go to the live shows in fact we uh were lucky enough to see starcade the starcade main event with hulk hogan versus sting Mm. cursing for the wcw championship yeah uh and all the house shows that they would run at the uh, Baltimore Arena at the time, the uh, current Rofo Arena. Chicken Box. And, oh yeah, the good old <laughs> Chicken Box, which is, ironically enough, also a, a very uh, important part of my diet. The chicken tenders that they have there are two carbs apiece, so whenever I do find myself at a Rofo, I uh, happen to pick some up on the way. The, uh, That's a good idea. <laughs> the... Uh, and then it just snowballed from there. Me and my friends, um, we would always get the pay-per-views at the time. Yeah. You know, WCW, ECW, and of course WWE. And ever since then, um, we've had back, a backyard wrestling run where we actually built a uh, $1,200 ring made out of lumber and actual ropes and turnbuckles and stuff like that, a tarp and carpet padding and you know, just pretty much anything. And through there, I was able to meet a couple of friends that I know in the business now and people that I've known throughout the entirety of my life. And it eventually became uh, me becoming pro, actually being trained, going through pretty much any wrestling school that I could within the local area. Mm-hmm. And it has now, uh, to present day, has become something that I have... Uh, completely uh engulfed my life i've I've dove in head first and uh there's not a moment in my life where i'm not either watching wrestling or contributing to wrestling in some sort of way that's pretty impressive man and uh we we a lot of us have gone through the backyard wrestling stage jam and jay you know about that as well um backyard stuff and you know you got to start somewhere they say don't try this at home that's right you try it at somebody else's house but uh see you know that's how we that's how we get around that um but we all, and that's why we do this podcast, and that's why we've been doing it for two years, because we're, we're fans, you know? We're all um, fans. We're there you go. Fans. That's right. Uh, and, and Steve, I want to Big Ugly to ask his favorite question, because, you know, we always got to ask this about uh, how, you know, when you got into the business. So go ahead and ask your favorite question. Yeah, man. So, Steve, my favorite question is, man, once you got into the business and you had to take that first bump, how did that first bump feel? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. It actually felt really good. <laughs> this guy's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be 100 with you guys. Um, when we were doing the backyard thing, we were woefully untrained. But, of course, we were young. We were invincible. You know, nothing could hurt us. If something hurt us, you know, we'd never tell anybody. And uh, at the time, I was kind of a, a rotund kind of guy. I was uh, creeping up to maybe 280, 300 pounds. And... Uh, you know, I had a lot of cushioning on me, 
So when I did take any falls or bumps, as it were, didn't really hurt. Um, you know, being woefully out of shape definitely, um, you know, didn't lend itself to any kind of uh, extreme strenuous activities. So I'd get blown up pretty quick. But uh, when it comes to taking that first bump, uh, I, I wouldn't want to say that uh, I was prepared for it, but I definitely had some prior experience going into it. And being act- being able to actually step inside a legitimate ring and uh, throw in that first back bump, uh, it was definitely something that I knew that I could do and something I could put up with. And, you know, the repetition of it all. Um, I'm kind of the guy where I would love to do drills, uh, the repetitive motions of it. And this is something that I kind of instill upon all the people that I uh, train. I like It's a podcast, so you, you can't really see me doing the air quotations here. But <laughs> I had a hand in, uh, you know showing a lot of the guys that we know nowadays Mm -hmm. that have had a pretty good run in the local scene and beyond. Um, I had a hand in helping them out and showing them, you know, how to fall and, you know, not really kill yourself and, you know, just kind of figure out the mechanics and the functions of everything. And uh, I will always say to, you know, anybody that wants to start this, it's going to hurt. Like, there's absolutely no way around it. It's going to hurt. But the reason why we train and the the reason why I still train to this day is to make it so that it doesn't hurt as much. And it's training your body and your mind as well to, you know, go through that for, you know, not masochistic reasons, but it's, it's the reasons of, you know, doing what you love and entertaining a crowd and, and, and training others to do the same thing, to entertain a crowd. And, and Jim and Jason, you'll, you'll attest to this. Pro wrestling is a world that just keeps spinning. And so you need, you know, new characters, fresh faces, you know, new bodies. We could see the same thing over and over again. But uh, do you like Diaz's uh, take on this to... Um, kind of just train your body to just get used to these things? Oh, yeah, you definitely have to, especially if you're going to perform, you know, weekend, week out, you know, you definitely have to be ready. Yeah, and uh, indie, indie wrestlers go, you know, two, three nights, you know, do it in kind of the weekends and then train during the week. But then then you got these guys, you're training to try to do this as a lifestyle. You know, a lot of these guys are training to do this as a lifestyle. And that's what I wanted to ask you, Steve, you know, just kind of going on what Jamie and Jason was saying. Are you looking to make this independent um, – kind of independent uh, love of professional wrestling and as a fan and as, as a professional now as a worker are you looking to take it to the next step I mean we're going to talk about where you are now but are you looking to move forward NXT Performance Center WWE up to that spot absolutely 100% uh, when I first started in uh, professional wrestling when I was first actually licensed well over a decade ago um, wow it's been that long it yeah. has <laughs> where is the time gone seriously um, go ahead <laughs> thank you when when I first started that that was something that I thought was unattainable so I more or less saw it as a hobby and I really didn't put all of what I thought I could into it and to be perfectly honest you know if you ever find yourself complacent or um, pretty much just spinning the wheels in place, um, I mean, it's it's okay. I have nothing against that. If that's your trajectory, then more power to you. But over the course of the past, I would say, five, six, seven years, I 
really started applying myself and really becoming more dedicated and just turning the knob up a little bit more to see how far I can take this because I'm sure as you guys uh, would attest, the more effort and the more time and the more energy that you put into anything, you eventually become better at it. Mm-hmm. You streamline the experience, you know what works, what doesn't work, and eventually it just becomes just another thing. And I've noticed over the past couple of years that when I do turn up that dial and I do apply myself a little bit more and I do dedicate myself a little bit more to what I'm doing in this realm, I find myself in better situations. I find myself in more prominent spots. I find myself with more opportunities. And it's because I've spent so much time in this realm figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and just applying myself and seeing how far it would take me. But to your point, if I put in all this time, all this effort, all this work, I absolutely want to be a part of the big shows, the NXTs, the WWEs, the Ring of Honors, TNAs, anything. Um, I just find myself in an upward trajectory uh, my entire career, uh, thankfully, and the sky's the limit. Um, The coolest thing about wrestling is that, and this is, you know, a cliche, this is a trope, but uh, I mean, anything can happen in wrestling. And that's the one thing that I constantly find myself thinking about because if I was 10, 20 years younger and I thought to myself, this is the place that I'm in at now and I have so much more ahead of me to go, it seems like a massive undertaking. But now that I'm standing here talking to you guys about the thing that I love, the thing that you guys love, it just makes it feel all the more worthwhile. That's fantastic. Yeah. We're going gonna to see him. We were just talking on the uh, first segment of this podcast about, uh, let's just throw the name out there, Ricochet, who is now up on NXT roster having you know, sensational matches like with the Velveteen Dream and NXT TakeOver Chicago. So we're talking about the realism of a guy of your size and stature right now in the business. So, uh, you know, going up to the main roster, you can see, you can see, you know, people that are doing the booking, Vince or Triple H or somebody, you know, Hey pal, uh, <laughs> two Oh five live, you know, get in there, you do, do some flips, damn it. You know, whatever. But, uh, I mean, there is a place for every size and stature on every roster. I mean, whether it be something like that, how do you feel about that? Let's, uh, the, we want to keep two Oh five alive for Jam and Jason here. We want to, we want to talk about this. Do you see that as any kind of demotion, like if you come up and get put on the 205 Live roster, or is it just another piece of the big puzzle? Absolutely not. I don't feel as if that is a deterrent or anything of the sort. In fact, uh, nowadays, I find it actually as a badge of honor being the smallest guy on any roster. Yeah. Um, Only because it's a spectacle, the same way that you would have a taller person Mm -hmm. or a larger person on the roster you're going to stand out and whether it's good or bad uh i don't think that matters as much because you're at least the top portion of that uh, you know demographic if sure that makes sense yeah oh yeah so being able to say that yeah i'm the smallest guy on the roster that just means that if they call for something 
and you never know what's going to happen when it comes in wrestling. If you happen to be the smallest guy, a lot of times they're going to pair you up with one of the bigger guys, mm-hmm. which is actually a very good place for me to be in because if they really want to sell a guy's height, a guy's stature, anything of the sort, they're going to throw the smallest guy that they have available with that dude to make him seem all the more uh, intimidating. That's very true. Big Ugly, how you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's true. And and I agree that it's it's not necessarily when I when I was the angle I was coming from it was for somebody like was for Ricochet specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel like he himself might not want to do it. And I kind of felt the same way with uh, what was the guy Aries uh Austin Aries. Austin Aries. Absolutely. Right. Like what happened? He went to 205 and then he was like I'm out of here, you know. Yeah. So but now his value is 10 times higher out there in TNA or whatever else the case may be because he did come up to the big dance, the big show, and he wrestled on, I think, both sides of the coin. And he went to Austin, uh, he went to NXT. He actually had one of the best matches, I thought, at the WrestleMania where he, I can't remember who his opponent was now. Neville. Thank you. Yeah. Both guys are not with the company anymore. Um, and they had a fantastic match, and I believe it was on the pre-show of WrestleMania uh, in Orlando. But it, they went 15 minutes, and that that's one thing. That, although I can't, I lost the name right now, but I remember that match. So there's there's definitely a place for that, and I would love to see it. Uh, and I would love to see you get up there, but that's in the future. Let's talk about Diaz now. Let's talk about Steve Diaz. So I met you in Adrenaline Championship Wrestling on the indie scene. So you were wrestling. Uh, you were the light heavyweight champion, I think, for my entire run there. Um, I think, I believe so, because I kept, I kept using the same... The same thing on the same uh, introduction, but I kept changing the days that you held the title, uh, and which was fantastic. But then uh, I think you went off, and you, you've been doing a lot of different indie shots, but it, in the past couple of years, uh, you got a chance to work with Maryland Championship Wrestling, MCW Pro Wrestling, and you are there now, and that's actually where I saw you uh, not too long ago where we had a... You know, meeting where we were going to talk about this new venture of MCW Pro Wrestling Podcast, which is pretty cool. But tell us about your your journey through independent wrestling and then where you are now and what you're actually doing now. You have a lot of different hats that you're wearing now. Go ahead. Absolutely, yes. And uh, before I get into that, I do actually want to put over the fact that um, when I was working with ACW and you were doing my uh, introductory announcements, you would always come to me and ask me how I wanted the intro to be because mm-hmm. um, at the time uh, it became a, a big deal. Uh, being a champion uh, in any promotion is a big deal, but when you're a champion for a promotion for over four years, uh, that definitely uh, means something. And you made it so much more important. Uh, at the time when I first started that run, I was a heel, I was a bad guy, and I was using that to rub it in everybody's face. <laughs> right. <and then. laughs> so you came to me, and we started talking about what we wanted to do with the intro, and I thought that it would be a great idea to really rub it in everybody's faces just by putting over how important it is. Now, if it was a good guy, if it was a face, which I eventually turned into uh, halfway through the run, um, one would think that that would kind of be a little bit more... Uh, it, 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 we would have to put a different spin on it. We right, it might also to, even sound egotistical at that point to do it like that. Right, yeah. but the way that, that that you and I kind of collaborated and put it together, at first when we started building it up, it was more of a, uh, like I'm bragging about it, putting it over, that like nobody's beaten me, 
you know, for the belt. And then eventually we turned it into it be such a big deal. And it really resonated with the uh, fans at ACW. And that's what I became uh, prominently known as. And all of that definitely uh, was in part because of the way that you came to me and we collaborated on what we wanted to do in um, putting that out there to everybody. So I always appreciate that. I do know um, sometimes before the shows, you would message me and say, hey, boss, how many uh, <laughs> days is it going to be um, at uh, Twas the Cage Fight Before Christmas? And I would have to pull out the calendar app on the phone and go, okay, well, I want it here. And then I type in some numbers. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's it's like 949 days now. So <laughs> that was all really cool. But um, uh, transitioning into uh, what we're doing now uh, with MCW Pro Wrestling, it's actually coming up for my first year anniversary uh, with MCW Pro Wrestling. Um, I debuted in the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup event, which is a huge, huge opportunity. It was a very big event. It was a absolute joy to be able to be a part of one of the most prestigious, the most popular, and like quite frankly, one of the biggest tournaments in uh, indie wrestling history. It has a lot of uh, credentials to it. And ever since I started wrestling uh, so long ago, there was always a part of me that wanted to be a part of that event. And when I had some conversations with Dan McDevitt about... Um, when I was coming in and all of the details and all of that stuff, I kept it underneath. I kept it under my hat. You know, I didn't want to uh, uh, step on anybody's toes and mm -hmm. uh, let the cat out the bag and anything like that. And I do remember uh, one post on Facebook that he met, that he made. It was actually an announcement for last year's Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup, and he was putting over the event, the two huge two day event, and he said that he was looking forward to seeing what the new faces in the tournament would bring to the table. And he uh, specifically tagged me and uh, put it up on his page. And I was overwhelmed with the response that the local wrestling community and all of my friends and family had to that announcement. Uh, I had everybody tagging me in posts saying, you know, I mean, they essentially acted like as if I was signed by WWE. Everybody <laughs> was just so proud and happy. And the overwhelming response to everybody, uh, you know, finding out that my big debut match was going to be at the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup. It was something that uh, I'll definitely never forget. And it was absolutely a highlight uh, in my career. And uh, definitely think about that and look at that in MCW Pro Wrestling, uh, you know, dot com on their website, MCW. Uh, the Shane Shamrock Cup, if you want to relate that to anything in the world of uh, WWE that we might all know, uh, it's WrestleMania. It's the biggest event of the year. And it's, it, it's so big that it spans over two full nights. And this is two full shows. And, uh, you know, Joppa, Maryland, MCW Arena, definitely check that out. But, um... You are not only a wrestler for MCW, uh, you definitely train in the MCW Pro Wrestling uh, Training Center, and also you are doing some behind-the-scenes work, is that correct? That is absolutely correct, and this is something that I'm very proud of, uh, on top of everything else, being able to call myself uh, a MCW Pro Wrestling uh, talent, and you know, just being a part of the MCW Pro Wrestling family. Um, 
I have been known to do uh, promotional graphics uh, for some of the promotions that I've worked for. It's actually helped me a lot in being able to parlay that into getting a spot on the show and meeting new people and, of course, making money, which is always a plus. (laughs) So um, one day I was pulled aside. Um, I always like to do graphics for my my own matches uh, just because I know the... uh, I, I like that kind of stuff. I went to school for it, actually. I went to school for four years in graphic arts, um, and I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Um, I used to do graphics for, for my Backyard Wrestling Fed. We had our own website and logos, and we had themes that kind of went along with the, with the events that we were running, and then that just kind of built, and over the course of the entire time that I've been licensed and training and stuff like that, I feel like I've gotten marginally better. I'm not saying that I'm the best, but sometimes I see some of these pro wrestling posters that people will share up on the internet, and I just shake my head and just... (laughs) 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 But um, as it stands right now, I'm helping out with MCW Pro Wrestling with their their, uh, promotional graphics. I happen to also... uh, I I wasn't even asked... I started doing motion graphics for the, if you wanted to call them Titantron videos, mm-hmm. which is just motion graphics with their with their name on there, and they, you know, kind of adhere to a theme and stuff like that, and that's the kind of stuff that really gets my creative juices going, and I absolutely love doing it. I love the technology that goes into making these things. Um, I worked with Adobe Photoshop for many years, and now I've uh, transitioned over to using iPad and all of the uh, apps that you can use for those kind of things. And over the course of uh, this past year that I've been working with MCW Pro Wrestling, I've put out some graphics, uh, put out the motion cards, and just you know helped where I could. And now that has become another portion of what I'm contributing to that promotion. And to be able to see the kind of uh, things that they're sharing on their Twitter, on online, and seeing everybody on the roster and all of the fans resharing and retweeting all of the stuff that, that I'm putting together. And it's not just me. There's an entire team of people uh, that are contributing to this. Mm-hmm. And they are... They are just as good, if not better, uh, than than I am, which actually really, really motivates me to do better myself. So it it, it kind of really mim- uh, mimics and mirrors what's going on when we train, because uh, you see somebody that's at training and they're picking up uh, the stuff really well, and you know that they're going to be a huge deal once they get it. And it's 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 really cool to be able to have that like friendly competition with everybody. Not only when it comes to training with everybody, but when it comes to seeing uh, other people putting out graphics or promotional materials, you know, because that motivates me to up my game. And, you know, when it comes to competition, that just makes for a better product. And that's something that's all that I'm all about. That's great. I mean, and, and that's pro wrestling is so much more than the action you see in the ring. Of course, that is very important, and that's what it all, you know, bases around that 20 by 20 ring. But uh, Jam and Jason, you'll attest to this, and so will you, Big Ugly. I mean, Jam and uh, we, we see, you know, the, the logos, and we hear the marketing, and we see it, and we hear it, and that, we grasp onto those graphics and logos, and that's pretty exciting that, that, that Steve Diaz here that does not only the work in the ring, but the creativity, but does does it all. I mean, you love watching that stuff. You, oh, yeah. You, you'll see it on Facebook and social media all the time, especially 
especially with MCW Pro Wrestling, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Big Ugly, you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the visual arts, so, you know, I definitely understand the importance of, you know, having good graphics and it adding to the produ overall production value, you know, for a wrestling promotion. And just as uh, Steve Diaz was saying, you know, if you're scrolling through and you see some bad graphics, uh, you yeah. know, you're not really going to have a lot of confidence in the show. You know sure. what I'm saying? Right. But when you see those good graphics, then it's like, oh, you know, these guys are serious. You right. know, that's what people equate, you know, good uh, marketing to, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a serious group here. So, you know, I completely agree. Yeah, and definitely <clears throat> check that out on, uh, you know, if, if you see some of the things and I, I've gotten to see them and I've gotten to kind of witness some of the behind the scenes conversations of, you know, how these things get created. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of people helping out with the product. And that, that's great for a good production as well. So, uh, Steve Diaz, I know we could talk all night, and I know you and I are going to talk more as we are, as I have gotten my foot back in the door, uh, helping out with this MCW Pro Wrestling podcast, and you're already there. So, I'm excited to work with you again. Um, it's going to be a blast, and I want you to tell the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast listeners how we can find you on social media because you have a lot of creative handles uh, where people can find you. Hey, absolutely, I do appreciate that. Uh, it's very simple, guys. I like to keep everything uniform across all of my social media platforms. It's very easy. All you have to do is go inside the Google machine and type in the letters BM2KX. That is essentially what I would like to call my brand. If you just search it on Google, you'll find my Facebook page, you'll find my Twitter handle, you'll find my Instagram, my YouTube, and everything in between. So, once again, bm 2 KX. Go ahead and give that a Google follow, like, share, subscribe, and don't forget don't forget to hit that like button. This guy, I love this guy. This guy's all about promotion and marketing. I tell you what. So uh, I'm gonna take some cues off of that, and uh, we gotta learn things from each other. Steve, it's been a pleasure having you on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Uh, we, of course, are gonna tag you in it when it goes up. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and soon MySpace. You never know. I could just throw that MySpace page up there and just see what happens. <laughs> uh, it's making a comeback. Making it right. Don't call it a comeback. It's been there for years. I didn't. Know it was there for years but it's there um so man it has been a pleasure i will see you soon uh it is going to be great working with you again and uh give us one final tagline something that we can log you off with the dirty ugly wrestling podcast go ahead diaz hey this is lord diaz the excellence of execution here to tell you you're listening to the dirty ugly wrestling podcast
are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yep. <laughs> Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. Sitting here with Jamie Jason. And we just had a great conversation with Steve Diaz, Lord Diaz. Man, what a great guy. And uh, we will have to follow up with him. Uh, if you l- listen to that segment, he went from 280 to 140, 150. And we got to talk with Matt Temby on how the hell do you do that? Right, exactly. Because um, we could have talked to Steve all night long. But um, we got to follow up with him and figure out how he did that over a period of years, especially being in this business with the pro, pro wrestling business, being a worker. I mean, you're going from the heavyweight division down to the cruiserweight division. That's impressive. That's unheard of. Yeah. So in the wrestling business life. It's crazy. God bless him for doing that. It took me, you know, long enough to lose 25 pounds, and I had to right. be challenged. Man, he basically. lost over 100. Yeah, man, that's sick. So the Mexican mini boss, the what did he call himself? The Mex excellence of execution. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. I like that. Um, so thank you, Diaz, for your great conversation. And, uh, you know, plug him on. You know, find him on social media. He told us how to find him, so definitely do it. Uh, a couple of other things on my tangent list before we get into NXT TakeOver Chicago and also Money in the Bank. Um, we're going to have some – I was thinking of having a referee podcast. You know, have the Zebras on. You know, different referees from different promotions come on and talk about refereeing jobs. So it's it's a job that Ricky Dragon Steamboat one time said is the most underrated job in the business because that's the third person in that ring. You know, that if you don't have a good referee, you don't have a good match, honestly. The, the referee could make or break the whole thing. And I was honored to do it for several times, for several years, for several different matches, including the last dance. Oh, yeah. The very last dance between uh, Desert Storm and uh, TJ Sykes, now Tiberius Sykes. That's a pretty interesting name for him. Uh, the Purge. Yeah, Tiberius nice. Sykes. How about that? Shout out to the boys. Um by the way, both of those guys, the Purge Everything, both of those guys working with MCW Pro Wrestling now. Um, definitely putting over MCW Pro Wrestling in this podcast, but putting over indie wrestling in general. You know, the MCW Pro Wrestling podcast is going to be all MCW Pro Wrestling. This is more about, uh, you know, the pro wrestling world, life in general. We talk about Raw SmackDown. There's tens of thousands of podcasts that do what we do, but there's only one dirty, ugly wrestling podcast, and we're going to keep doing it. So, the other thing I wanted to throw out there is. WWE just announced their biggest, second biggest house show of all time in Australia. So they're going to do a show in Australia, and I believe it's on October the 6th, Undertaker versus Triple H. Um, so it's going to be in a big stadium format, and it's going to be kind of prop up like the uh, Saudi Arabian, like the Greatest Royal Rumble, like a big live event for that country. Um, so what do you guys think about this? 50,000, 60,000 people in Australia. Are they actually going to put some big story behind it, or is it just going to be a live event for the country? How about you, Jam and Jay? I have a feeling they're going to go with the live event. Mm-hmm. I'll show feel. I think that's where they're going with it. But, you know, I'll still watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Me definitely, too. Definitely, definitely. If my internet time. works, because the internet had some problems uh, yeah. in our area during that greatest Royal Rumble time. It was 5 o'clock on a Friday night. Yep. yep. Pretty interesting. Uh, what do you think, Big Ugly yeah, Australia? Yeah, Australia, yeah. I'm going to take it as just a, a live event, no, no big story. But I think that what makes it good is you're getting a big spectacle, mm-hmm. you know, almost that WrestleMania-style spectacle, sure. you know. Um, and so even though it might not be a bunch of story to it, it's still fun to watch. Makes yeah, it makes it seem like it's a big deal. And I'm going to be excited to watch it too. So check out the WWE Network. Still only $9.99. And apparently every show that you watch when you first show up is free for new subscribers. They always get you with that. It's like, this one's free for new subscribers. No, you got to sign up for the contract. But it's only $9.99 a month. Can't right. beat that. I pay more than that for Netflix. I pay $10.99 a month for HD. Yeah. We yeah. gotta, gotta watch my Netflix, man. Hey, and I have 4K, so I think it's like 12. Holy sh! And you pay 12 a month. 
But look at that. But Big Ugly, you got a new career going on outside of here. And Jam and Jason, you're still uh, in the comic world and yep. doing your thing. And I'm still out there in the financial world doing my thing. So it's good. But we're always here doing our thing. It's Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And soon, MySpace. I'm really going to look at that. What's your favorite comic book series, Jam and Jay? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, he's saturated now because he's working with comics for true. so long. That's true. I'm reading so many. Mm-hmm. I'm really hooked into Outcast. Okay. okay. I don't know if you've read that one. It's kind yeah. of like a demon possession kind of nice. exorcism written by Robert Kirkman. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so definitely check that one out. Finn Balor would right. like that one. Yeah. If we ever see the demon again from Finn Balor, right, that's yeah. a tough story. But in terms of superheroes and all that, I'm just reading all the old 80s, 90s stuff. There's too many crossovers. I can't keep up with all the current <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> I'm just reading the stuff from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I tell you, I enjoyed comic books. Those, those were books that I would actually sit down and read as a kid. You know, I, I mean, I would read. Yeah, school would teach me to read, but mm-hmm. I liked comic books. I enjoyed the Transformers comics. And, you know, kind of followed the story of the War of the Transformers cartoon. I enjoyed that. Uh, when Ultimate Warrior came out with his comic book Warrior, I think he did a run of like six, six. Um, Six books, I think, in one series or something like that. But Jerry the King Lawler helped do some of the artwork for that. Um, And I really enjoyed that, uh, Warrior. But, again, like you said, lots of crossovers, too too many. You got this Superman, you got that Superman, you got this Batman, you got that Batman, the death of Batman, you know, Batman versus Superman. Things get reset and start over. Can't keep up, man. It's, it's bad enough keeping up with some of these comic book movies, which are pretty awesome out there as well, but comic oh. books in general. Now, is that a dying art? I mean, I've seen some comic book stores. They're still out there, you know, novelty kind of store. But uh, uh, hopefully, and you and I had a conversation about this at the Bill, Billy Joel concert last mm-hmm. year, actually. Um, hopefully, it's not a dying art. There's still a there's still a market for this. There still is. There still is. Um, I think we, we service um, the company I work for. We service about... 2,000 to 3,000 comic book stores across the world. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're still out there. Yeah, so, I mean, would you think, do you think that the superhero age in Hollywood has has con- continued to, like, keep, almost like keeping 205 alive, has continued to, like, <laughs> keep comic books alive and, like, you know, helping to... Strangely, it actually hasn't bumped up the actual comic books really? very okay. much. It's the toys and the merchandise and okay. the t-shirts. Yeah, That's right. where the sales has <clears throat> been. You deal in the Funko Pop kind of stuff? Oh, we saw some of that too, yeah. Okay. I was about to say, that's probably one of the biggest things. And I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, pop figure, you know, here with Mm -hmm. a big ugly here. But uh, you could make that out of anybody or anything ever. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. Uh, So you deal in that a little bit too? Oh, yeah. A little bit of toys, merchandise? Yep. Got any wrestling figures? No, no, no. Remember when we used we to uh, we go to the some. indie shows and uh, buy those wrestling figures? We used to pull uh, like all of our dimes together and we used to buy some of those wrestling figures? Yep. Yeah, uh, let's see, Diesel, Razor, Ramon. Uh, we, I don't know. We just, we, at the indie shows, man, that's what we would yeah. do. Wrestling figures and ECW tapes. Oh, that's right, the VHS <laughs> tape trading. Oh, man, were you watching, were you doing that at that point in time, Big Ugly? No, VHS, VHS tape trading? No. We did that, man. We would buy all those ECW tapes because they were kind of hardcore tapes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the blood and guts and violence and things like that and the foul language. So that was the biggest thing for us. Yeah. We loved it. I still yeah. got some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I just did the, uh, I just bought like the Coliseum. My mother would bottle Coliseum videos. Oh, there's big yeah. boxes from WWE. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Coliseum videos. They're starting to put some of them up on the network. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Some of the old Coliseum ones. Yeah. yeah nice. The WWE <coughs> network. Speaking of WWE, um, 
<laughs> let us run into and we appreciate you all hanging out with us again this is a little bit longer of a podcast but we're going to try to wrap it up when we can for you but we're going to talk wrestling that's what we do um let's talk about nxt takeover chicago and let's talk about money in the bank which was the night after that in chicago i'm going to go through some quick results for nxt takeover and if you guys saw it didn't see it Opinions, whatever the case may be, uh, just shout it out when we get done with the results. So we had the Undisputed Era uh, in a tag team championship match against Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. A uh, very good match to start off the show, I thought. Undisputed Era went over. Uh, Adam Cole, baby, did not wrestle on the show. Got thrown out of that match at the end, actually, by the referee. Really good match. And uh, we've already brought up this name, Ricochet, taking on the Velveteen Dream, who yeah. is... Nice and local here. You know, Patrick Clark, got God bless him. I want tough enough to come back, by the way. Um, anyway, what a why? match. Uh, what's that? I said why. I just want a version that brings all of the best tough enough together and make a great tough enough series. Best tough enough sh- season was the one that Austin did. Not just because Austin did it, but I just like the layout of it. Sure. That one, to me, was like the best. I think that might have been like the best marriage of what yeah. used to be tough enough and what was tough enough right. when it ended. Yes. Um, you know, that that was great. And it was done as a reality show, which it absolutely should be done. Right. That might have been, was that on MTV? I believe it was. Was that? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like it took a hiatus for a while where yeah. it wasn't no tough enough after season three. Yeah. Then it came back with that one. And I think it might have been MTV. Still. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Austin was really good. Yeah, the Austin way. one was really good, and they should get Austin again because I mean he does the Broken Skull Challenge. He sure you know, does. He does reality shows. I'm pretty sure he'd be open to doing something like that. Take Ain't a take bump no out do, Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't take a bump. Just get in the ring. Right, and just, just get in the ring and just yell at these guys. You know? <laughs> and that was one of the best parts when yeah. he got to the end and he was standing in front of people and it was getting in their face and yeah. he was like, "You piece of shit," you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. And having people fight for their lives, cut a promo to fight for their lives. That was great. Yeah. I want that. If you find that on DVD or online, let me know. Yeah, and he know. and he was like the final judge. Yep. You know, which made it easy. It wasn't three judges, and yeah. it, you know, it just it, it simplified the whole process. I, I think that I think if they're going to bring back Tough Enough, that's the version they need to go with. It doesn't necessarily be Austin, but yeah. they should go with that Tight. layout. Yeah, I'm down with that. What do you think, Jamie? That'll be great. That'll be great. Absolutely. Get the Undertaker. Why not? That would, would the Undertaker yeah. in the Hall of Fame let him be <laughs> tough enough? That's, that, that'll that learn you. That would intimidate some of the new guys. Yeah. That'll learn you. Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, defended the NXT Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. Uh, very interesting match. Uh, lots of good storytelling in that match. Shayna Baszler went over in that match. Uh, Alistair Black in the fourth match of the night defended and recaptured and kept the NXT Championship uh, against Lars Sullivan, which was, uh, he's a big guy and he's up there in the ranks. Real good stuff. And then the unsanctioned match. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa again went 30, 40 minutes, tore up the ring, tore up the arena, and Tommaso Ciampa won. Uh, so, a lot of great storytelling again in this feud, but these are two guys that, unfortunately, I feel like this, that when they go up to the main roster, they're going to get not the same exact treatment, but they'll both go up. So, let's go in. As CM Funk would say, they've got mid-car written all over. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a damn shame, because they're in the main event status for a couple of times here in NXT TakeOver, and they're tearing it up. So, uh, out of what I just said, so let's talk about the matches, let's talk about the people. Big Ugly, what are your first impressions of what I just told you? So, my first impressions are, I only know a few people that you just named, mm-hmm. and that is Velveteen Dream. Right. Champa and uh, you, you know Ricochet and Ricochet. Okay, yeah, and then the other two guys, the main event guys. Uh, 
Johnny Gargano, Gargano and, and Tommaso yeah. Ciampa. They're the only people I know. Okay. Right. So, so what does that say about <clears throat> the product of NXT? I mean, I, you're I, a casual NXT viewer I, uh, yes. in passing. Yes. So, I, I don't know. It's like NXT doesn't capture me like it used to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I don't know why. I don't know if I'm just like stuck in the past. But I, I'm just like, I don't know. The, the, the new guys on that roster just... <laughs> They're not doing it for you. Yeah, they're not doing it for me. Besides the guys that I just named. But all the guys that used to be on the roster, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah, uh, all even that, going back Charlotte, as far as Becky like, yeah, Lynch, Bo Dallas, Bailey. Neville, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, not to say it's not good now, but it's yeah. like those guys had me. Right. You know, I was in it. Oscar, you know, obviously. You know, sure. Uh, yeah. Is it more of, and, and Jam and Jason, you can jump into too, is it more of it, it's now more established, that it's more mainstream, that it's just kind of like, it doesn't have its special flair anymore, that it's good, like you said, but it just doesn't have that kick anymore. How do you feel about that, Jam and Jay? I feel like it's changed. It almost has a different kick. It almost reminds me, it went from going from like old school NWA feel mm-hmm. to an ECW feel Okay. over the last 12 months. It's mm-hmm. becoming more hardcore like this last main event. Sure. I mean, it's just, I think it's just changed. Okay. Yeah. There's still, there's still a fan base for it. As a matter of fact, when you started watching the Jam, uh, uh, Big Ugly, it was kind of like still in the NXT arena, and that was where it was a couple hundred people watching every time. Now they're going out and doing TV in bigger venues, and then they're doing pay-per-views at bigger venues more often uh, instead of just once a year. So they have more of a it, – it's becoming more of a mainstream product to associate with everybody as opposed to that one section of the audience where it's going to grip you for different reasons. It's just my opinion. It's it's good for different reasons, but did you did you get to watch any of Takeover? Any uh, of it at all, Big Ugly? No. Okay. Are you? I mean, you're not like clamoring to watch it. Whereas before, a couple of years ago, you'd be like, "Man, I gotta see this." Exactly. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm just like, and, and I think it's I think what takes me out of it is that, as I just said, I can't relate to any of the people on there. And sure. you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm a wrestling fan. But the reason I think that we work is because you're like the diehard wrestling fan. I'm like that casual fan. So it's like I can relate to what casual fans mm-hmm. would want. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like you know, NXT for me, it's like, I'm a, as you said, I'm a casual NXT viewer. But sure. it's like the people, like there's nothing thrilling me. And as I said, I think I might mention, I mean, it's almost like, it's like the UFC. Like they just, <laughs> they've lost their, their star power. Right. right. And, and their biggest star power right now, uh, they're not necessarily using as star power because they got their main event going on second to last. I mean, their championship match going on second to last. The main event is actually two guys that are not in a title situation. It's just a big storyline. So, I mean, Jam and Jay, what do they need to do to bring back that status for the casual fan? Do they need to go back to building people a little differently, character storylines? I mean, the matches were all pretty decent. But you wouldn't. I don't think you would see any of those style matches up on the main roster, at all. I think it has to has more to do with when they're promoted. Mm-hmm. I think so many of the guys that have been promoted recently have just flatlined the second they hit the WWE. Yeah. The second they hit the main roster. So I think it's almost like, for me, I'm watching these guys and like, man, Velveteen Dream is great. Sure. But I'm almost afraid that he's going to get called up too soon and just <laughs> flatline, you know? It's like, I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> that like, would be sad. Keep him it? down in NXT, you know, for another year or two. I mean, I'm still I, mad at Bobby Roode. I thought he was great <sighs> in NXT. He was the Ric Flair, the Arn Anderson yeah. package kind of wrapped together, four horsemen, NWA style main event. And then what has he done in the last, what, year? It's been a year now. I what mean, has he done? He was <laughs> in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but honestly, he was a filler in there, man. Yeah, he was in it. 
in the ring for what five minutes if that i mean he was one of the guys that kind of disappeared for a while came and got stomped on yeah. by finn balor and right that well, was it <laughs> I, I think he suffered from kind of this randy orton syndrome which is they're just keeping him face for too long i think he's one of those guys that will just function better as a heel and i think that once they finally make that switch we're going to see him move up that card yeah and, and see him get some like you know pretty good storylines because i mean just like randy orton it's like we love Randy Orton, but it's like when he's a face, he's kind of stale. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's just taking so long. It, you know, it took him right. so long to get Asuka going. It took yeah. him so long for um, Shinsuke. I mean. And, and Shinsuke turning heel was a big surprise to yeah. us when we were right here in the mansion 2.0 yeah. watching WrestleMania. Yeah. But it was probably the best thing that could have happened. Because look at it now. That feud between he's him a, and AJ, and we're, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. It's a great feud. It's getting better with every match. Yeah. And Shinsuke is so entertaining he's as a, a good heel. heel. Man, that first promo, all he had to do was say, no speak English. Yeah. And now he's speaking broken English. And then and, and with every promo that he's cutting and everything that he's doing with this low blow thing and everything, it's beautiful. Yeah. See, heels make the business. They yeah. I'm telling you. But I, I definitely agree with, with Jam and Jay about um, people flatlining yeah. when they go up. Because the thing is, like, you look at NXT and what you're seeing is the future WWE roster. Sure. And when you look at them and you see these events being put on, it's like, you want to get excited for them, and then you think, like, they're going to bring this fire up to the main roster. Right. But then they don't. They get lost in the shuffle. And so that can make you a little disconnected with the NXT product because you just stop looking at them as, like, future stars. Yeah. You know. I agree. And I didn't have the, the desire to watch it, like, as it was happening live. I'm like, it's on the network. I'll catch it the next day. You know, whatever. No big deal. And I'll probably see spoilers right. on the And it's like line. two years ago you wouldn't have felt that way. No. I would have been yeah. like, man, let's get together when it's running live on the yeah. network. Let's make sure we got a good connection. And let's do it. But, yeah, it's it's way different. And both rosters, I mean, the NXT roster is doing its thing and they're going to do the thing. But when you get up to the main roster, it's a whole different world. And they're telling a whole different story to a whole different segment of people. And it's a much larger scale. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. It's hard to get behind NXT. I did watch it. I did enjoy it. But uh, take over Chicago. <clears throat> God bless. I heard, and this is through the grapevine, I could be wrong about this, that CM Punk was actually in the crowd that night. Uh, and he was kind of incognito. I could be wrong about that. It's Chicago, so you never know. Heck no, man. You don't if think so? If Punk was in that crowd, somebody would have snapped the shot. Somebody somebody would have got some kind of evidence. and innuendo. Yeah, no way, me? yeah. It's, um, a, it's an urban legend. Speaking of rumor and innuendo, uh, listen to the Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh, on a podcast. I believe it's still on Podcast One, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. They are MLW. Oh, I'm sorry. MLW, yeah. I think so. Yeah, Podcast One's not really – there's a lot of stuff that fell off a of Podcast Yeah, because, like, Talk is Jericho. Uh, really, only Austin's, I think, still on it because even Jim Ross left Podcast One. Yes, he did. So it's just awesome. I'm sorry, MLW Radio Network. Yeah. That's right. And he's also on there 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and he's also on What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> Conrad Thompson gets around. Uh, there's a good Bob Holly podcast on there, about three, four hours of hardcore Holly, which is pretty <coughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, British Bulldog, King of the Ring, 1993. Uh, also, on the WWE Network, uh, you can see something to wrestle, something else to wrestle. It's pretty good. And Jericho's been putting out some decent podcasts recently, too, so check them out. All good stuff. So let's go into Money in the Bank. Now, uh, I watched Money in the Bank. Jim and Jason, you came over a, a little bit late, but yep. you were hanging out on Father's Day. You watched Money in the Bank. Yep, yep. Uh, Did you get to watch uh, any Money in the Bank? I watched Money in the Bank. Yes. Okay, so we are going to go over Money in the Bank real quick. I'm going to go from bottom to top. We already talked about Big Cass being released. Uh, he lost to Daniel Bryan in the opening match of the night. 
pretty hot to send Daniel Bryan out there first. I want to shout out to Daniel Bryan. He's been wrestling everybody he can, and he has taken a beating in just about every match. And he's whether he's win, lose, it doesn't matter. Daniel Bryan is really getting his shit in. Okay. I, um, I've got a question about Daniel Bryan. But oh, I'm going to let you finish running through. No, okay. But, go ahead. Uh, but keep that question. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll run through it in a minute. Go ahead with your question. We're, we're talking about Daniel Bryan. Right, go ahead. So why is Daniel Bryan not in the main event? Wow. Start with Jam and well, I think they're building up to the feud with Miz. Uh-huh. I think that's the that's his next stop at SummerSlam. He's okay. going to feud with Miz and, and then possibly move up to the main event. And I don't think... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and they may even drag it out to build up for WrestleMania, AJ Styles, if he keeps the belt through WrestleMania versus Daniel Bryan. I don't think Daniel Bryan... If he was put in a title picture, I think he would you know, accept the challenge with open arms. I don't think he needs it or wants it. He's Daniel Bryan. Like, he won the championship. You know, he was the underdog that won the Undisputed Championship, WrestleMania 30, main event of WrestleMania 1, beat, you know, Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista all in the same night. I don't think he can get much better than that as far as the title. Now, main event storyline, I see him and Miz being a main event storyline. Oh, yeah. I see him and AJ being a main event storyline, whether it's for the title or not. Um, any match that he's in, I'm captivated. So... Even though it was an opening match, him and Big Cass, I think that was one of the more entertaining matches on the show, honestly. Uh, Daniel Bryan just working his ass off. Is he trying to get it all in before he gets injured again? Is he trying to get it all in just to say, you know what, uh, my battery's going to run out eventually, so I just want to get it all in. It could all be taken away from him. What do you think, Big Ugly? You asked the question, so... So, I mean, I think he might just be trying to get it in to show that he can go just as hard as he could before the injury. Like, he's got something to prove. Um, I I question if he's not. I, I think I think Jam and Jay is on or something. I think that they're probably just building him back to the main event. Okay. The question is, is do you trust Daniel Bryan in the main event at this point? Because every time he's been given a belt thus far, whether the IC or the championship, mm-hmm. he got put out with mm-hmm. injury. Could be just coincidental, but I don't know. It's like that's that's rough. I don't need. I don't. <clears throat> feel like we need to put any title on him though and in my opinion he's he's the workhorse and he's putting on great matches on every show so let the other people that are not working you know as hard roman reigns samoa joe they're working hard but they're not you know hour and 16 minutes or however long he was in that royal rumble match um every night you know that's what he's doing he's putting on 10 20 30 minute matches and he's working live events house shows too so and I, I would assume that he's putting on the same type of matches there. He has not changed his style much. No. Um, I would think that after the concussion I- issue with him, he would have stopped doing diving headbutts off the top rope. He would stop doing um, the, the tope dive through the ropes to the floor. Uh, he would stop doing things that, that would be basically have him landing on his neck. Um, like the uh, even the, the drop kicks when he runs corner to corner, he lands on his shoulder and his yeah. neck every time. So, like, come on, man. He's Daniel Bryan, so is he's main event material. Absolutely, 100%. I see him fighting for championships. I don't see him winning and running with the title. Because like you said, Big Ugly, to your point, every time you put a title on him, he's running hard for months and months and years and years, and then you put a title on him, and within 30 days, he's out for something or other. So you can't really do that with the champions you got. Now, AJ Styles has... You know, has that clock that's just running. He can just run and run and run. And he puts on phenomenal matches, but he can he can go. He doesn't get injured much if, at all. Same thing with Miz. He, I don't think he's ever been injured in 12 years. He's been in the company. So 
one reason they let him run with that title, well, like he did when back in WrestleMania 27, is because he's, he's a sure thing. Roman Reigns is almost, he's been injured once or twice, but he's come back quickly. He's a sure thing. Finn Balor is a risk. He won the Universal Championship and got put out the same night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need to put these titles on people that are actually going to be, with the exception of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sad whole thing, yeah. They just need to rework that Universal <coughs> Championship altogether. That's all I'm saying. They need to take it off of them. I don't care who takes it at this point, but they need to rework that whole Universal Championship picture. Um, You've been we've essentially been watching a program without without like a main event champion. Like we've been watching Raw, yeah, a program that's supposed to all be about this one title, but it's like there is no title, right? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like that's crazy. Like this WWE for thirty something years has been about this one title, right? Yeah, and it's like it doesn't exist, right? Yeah. On your flagship show, right? That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. come on. And and they moved the WWE <clears throat> Championship to SmackDown, so that's where that is, and that's the the longstanding title. But they you, they created the Universal Championship for this reason to be the main championship on the flagship show, and now. For 400 and some days, we've seen it, what, nine, ten times? Sometimes, Heyman will come out and cut a promo with Lesnar standing there in the ring. Sometimes. I need that whole universal picture to change. But more also. So, you know what? Maybe Daniel Bryan goes over to Raw, takes the Universal Championship, whatever. Maybe that happens. I doubt it. Um, Let's see. What else I got on here? So, there's a lot of different things. I think we had uh, Gallows and Anderson uh, versus... Uh, Rowan and Harper, I think that was for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. That was on the pre-show. And Rowan and Harper, the Bludgeon Brothers, over the Good Brothers. Was what it was. Yeah, no big deal. That's it. Yeah, uh, well, it was on the pre-show. At yep. 6 o'clock when I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure there was still going to be a pre- I thought the pre-show started at 7. Uh, anyway, here's a good match. Seth Rollins uh, defending and keeping the Universal Champion... I'm sorry, the Intercontinental Championship <coughs> over... Uh, Elias, again, I love Elias. I love what he's doing. I love everything he does. Actually, that was probably the best overall match on the show, in my opinion, and Seth Rollins actually theoretically cheated to win as a face, and we talked about that a little earlier. Let's get your thoughts on this, guys. Seth Rollins, Elias, or the match itself? Overall, I thought the match was uh, great, like you said. Um... I don't know. Is this teasing like a hill turn for Rollins? It's kind of just a one-off. I don't like, think so. I like think a, it was a one-off. Just a one-off. Oh, so because what happened when we talked about earlier the next yeah. night? Um, so I Dolph guess Ziggler. It's, it's almost like yeah. karma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, man. So good stuff. I'm a big fan of Elias, man. And who would have known? We talked about NXT and you know talking about people that we think are going to be stars, like moving up and stuff. I did not think that guy was going to be a star. Right. Okay? <laughs> like when I looked at him, I pointed him out and was like, "This guy's going nowhere." Absolutely. This is almost the opposite. You know, right, exactly. The complete opposite. <laughs> right. And it's like we know he's going to be main event. So, yeah. I mean, he is so over. Like, I mean, it's crazy. And, and I'm with it. Like we're all with it and he pulls <coughs> us in every time and I walk we with want to pop for him and then he turns heel and face twice in every promo every time there's nobody who has that polarization absolutely nobody and he's so good with it man and he's good in the ring he's a good hand he's a good worker he tells yeah. a good story yeah. so that yeah he's moving up doing big things sometime soon uh, here's a match that we can do without Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn 
Um, well, Zayn is out until 2019. This is what I hear. He's done. CM Funk brought that to my attention when he said he couldn't make it tonight. So yeah. tell us why. What happened? He tore in rotator cuff. So uh, from whatever his last match was that he had, he tore a rotator cuff. So it's going to take a while. Um, speaking of guys prone to injury, he's he's another one. Yes, he is. He's had injuries that kept him out for a long time, and here's, a, here's another one. I'm going to tell you, it, it, if you're going to get injured, which sucks, yeah. it couldn't have come at a better time because this feud with Bobby Lashley was completely destroying this guy's <laughs> yeah. career. Okay? So it'll be good. He'll come back fresh, and people live. Everyone loves to love Sami Zayn. Like, you know, he's a good worker and everything. This Bobby Lashley feud wasn't doing him any favors. So when he comes back... It'll be like when Rollins came back. Everybody loved to see him. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. What do you think, Jamie J? I think uh, Sami Zayn turning heel with Kevin Owens was fine when they were working together, but as the heel turned, as they started to part ways and he started to do his own thing, it just didn't work. Yeah, they're not matching him up with the right people. That's, yeah. That's the biggest thing. And, and Bobby Lashley, that's not the right program for him. He was a dominant heel in TNA for quite a while, um, having great matches as a heel against faces. A lot of people trying to come up and beat him. He was this unstoppable force for a long time and then he comes over and he's kind of as CM Funk would say eating up the mid card you know what I'm saying uh, and that, that match was terrible I, I did I, you know one star out of five if anything you know both guys were had a heartbeat you know that was what it was I can't say I had any and the storyline leading up to it was terrible yeah I just can't do it I've just never been a Bobby Lashley fan like I don't get what is seen in this guy I mean from his first run in WWE he was dry to me him and TNA to me was dry, and now he's like he. I, I don't. Like, I'm just not a Bobby Lashley guy. Like I, I can't. I don't know. He's got to get the right machine behind him. I don't know if they got to turn him heel or if they got to make him, you know, as a sarcastic heel because he's not getting over it at all. There's no reactions happening the, at the matches. You got the one reaction when he first came back. Yeah, and it was just that reaction. I'm like, oh shoot, Bobby Lashley's here. No, I didn't expect it. Right, that was it. You know, but and once we get it. once we get into the nitty gritty, it's like. No one cares. Never. <laughs> send them to SmackDown. Maybe that'll help. Right. And we always say send people to SmackDown. Um, what else do we got? We have uh, Carmella, and uh, she. Uh, we talked about her winning against Asuka for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship, and we did see uh, the emerging from the crowd, you know, underneath the Asuka mask, and everybody was wondering who it was, and everybody kind of knew who it could have been, and it was James Ellsworth. And then Carmella won. So uh, no more streak for Asuka. That's all since WrestleMania. She's been a kind of a downward spiral since then. I thought it was a decent match. Who would have thought Carmella would be in this spot, you know, a year or two ago? Uh, what do you guys think of the match? What do you guys think of the, the, the folks, the storylines? What do you think, JMJ? Uh, I think it's interesting that Carmella uh, is holding the belt on SmackDown and um, Alexa Bliss is holding it on Raw now because you know, <laughs> we got the two. Money in the Bank winners, mm-hmm. holding it for the women's side, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. Uh, I was kind of sad to see Oscar lose, but it made sense, and it keeps the feud going a little while. So, gotcha. They got yeah, I, actually, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, you know, the interference was good. The way that they're uh, doing, um, you know, covering Oscar yeah. losing. Sure. You know, um, I, you know, I, I still feel like even though Oscar lost, which I didn't agree with, I'm like, I don't feel like. They're mishandling her just yet. I did. Uh, it's hard to describe, but I, I think she still is going to be okay. Okay. I yeah. think Asuka's going to be okay. I think she's marketable. <clears throat> she's very talented. Uh, she's not prone to injury. Yeah. And so if they just don't give her a microphone. Yeah, please don't. 
Absolutely. She need, they, she needs a mouthpiece. If somebody needs a James Ellsworth, that see that that's what I see. James Ellsworth turning on Carmella and then James Ellsworth going with Asuka and being her mouthpiece. How about that? Yeah. Gives them both something to do. And Asuka turning heel, I think, would be good That would for be her. nice. It'd be like a Shinsuke turning heel. Like, Absolutely. I think we'd be pleasantly surprised. Yep. Because they never really turned her heel at NXT. They kind of had her teetering on that fence of like doing heelish things, right. but still kind of being a face. But like to turn her full heel, I think. And she be. was getting over, so they weren't going <coughs> to really turn her full heel right. at that point. Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. That could be a good heel turn. Um, let me just throw a tangent in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, big Ugly. Uh, I love the fact that you got the uh, the man cave here in the Mansion 2.0, and I love the fact that you put up movie posters and all this other stuff. I was just looking at your um, Braveheart poster. Yeah. So Mel Gibson's name is on there like five or six times. So Mel Gibson at the top, Mel Gibson's picture is there. Mel, it's a Mel Gibson film. Mel Gibson starring in it. Uh, Mel Gibson produced it, and Mel Gibson directed it. Do you think he put himself over enough on this damn movie? I did not realize that he was all over this damn movie. Yeah. And that's the, like, original release poster, too, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good picture, but, yeah. dude, Mel Gibson... Yeah, he put, he put himself over. He really did. I mean, if I you see... you didn't know, he's, he's in the film. Yeah. Well, I, I knew he was in the yeah. film, but I didn't realize he had every other... Uh, did you ever see Braveheart, Jamie J? Oh, yeah. Good movie? Yeah. You enjoyed movie. it? Great movie. All right. Epic. So, we got, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I think he won an Academy Award for it. Mm-hmm. Or it won an Academy Award. I don't know if he got... Best director, you know, order, he was yeah. probably on the list somewhere because Mel Gibson's name all over that. Right, yeah. So, man, okay. So, I just wanted to throw that tangent out there. Braveheart, go watch it on uh, not, not the network, yeah. but Netflix. I actually got to change it. Just tell, I just uh, I told my wife we, it's summertime, so we got to put the summer blockbusters up. But yeah, summer blockbusters like what? Uh, so I think we're going to do Transformers. That's a big one. Nice. Uh, Jurassic Park. Hell yeah. Avengers, the first one. Okay. And Independence Day. Yeah, ID four. Look at that. Uh, we've got Jurassic World coming out this weekend as well. You know when we talk about that. Actually, it already came out probably midnight last night. Yeah, so, it did. Yeah, gonna gonna be watching yeah. that sometime. Sorry, soon. let's get back to wrestling. Sorry, <laughs> I apologize. I just Mel Gibson. Yeah, lots of Mel, <laughs> Mel Gibson Mel on that Gibson. poster. <laughs> um, let's talk about the other women's match. So we had, uh, you know, I believe it was. Well, no, let's talk about. We can't talk about that women's match yet because we got to talk about the women's money in the bank ladder match. Let's hey. talk about that first or no. Yeah, go ahead and just say who win real quick. Alexa. Alexa, okay, thanks. So, (laughs) this match was amazing. Absolutely. Like, this match was on fire. This was my favorite match of the night. Okay. I know Rollins and Elias did a good job, but this was, they stole the show. They sure did. they did. You you agree, Jamie J. All eight women had a part in this match. Um, However it was booked, uh, agent and scripted, whatever, they tore it up. And for 20, 25 minutes, too. Like, they had time. They used the ladders very creatively. Um, there was intrigue. There was suspense. Uh, they, there were some nice uh, moves, like, you know, uh, jumping from ladders and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alexa Bliss, who won? Sasha Banks, Natalia, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, uh, Lana, Naomi. Lana got over, man. She almost won that match, and the crowd was hot for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Lana number one. Uh, Ember Moon, uh, who's one of my favorites too. So all eight women just had a fantastic showing in this match. Um, and they had to have this match earlier on because obviously what happened later, which we're going to get into. But uh, so you, your favorite match of the night, Big Ugly. Without doubt. And uh, Jamie and Jay, you loved it as well. I loved it. I thought Naomi did an excellent job. I thought Lana's <coughs> yeah, actually man. come a long way, you know. And yeah. Who thought yeah, Lana yeah, would be keeping up with these women? Kicks and 
yeah, crowds yeah. behind her, so I was really surprised. She's been putting in work behind the scenes. Yeah. She sure has. Good for her, too. Hey, you know what? Was it before this match where Peyton Royce and what's that other girl's name? Uh, Billy Kay. Billy Kay. When they came out, they were like making fun of all of their gimmicks. Of course. Was that the that was the night before? <laughs> that or, or that SmackDown before the Smackdown or whatever. Before, that yeah. joint was hilarious. I like them girls. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to throw them. The iconics. Yeah, the iconics. They yeah. are fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I enjoy that. So <clears throat> yes, this is a great. I mean, the Money in the Bank ladder match, a great concept. Glad that we're having two, and now not Raw and SmackDown, but women's and men's. That's just. Great. And overall, I, I think the uh, men's Money in the Bank was good. This one was better. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think uh, the men's Royal Rumble was good uh, this past year. I don't know. I was kind of blown up after the men's Royal Rumble, but the women's Royal Rumble definitely showed something. And the women's Royal Rumble next year, just like this was the second Money in the Bank ladder match, the second Royal Rumble is going to be even better. So yeah. love the fact that they're all on the same plane now. Yep. So... Good we, stuff. We've been saying this a couple of um, pay-per-view events now that the women are really carrying the the, the events. The they are. Part. Yeah, I mean. And they should have their up. own, eventually, <coughs> their own yeah. co-branded women's pay-per-view. They got enough talent. Yep. Why not? Do it. So this obviously led into uh, Alexa 1, which I actually wasn't expecting because she actually had the push over the last year. I was actually expecting... Um, you know, a repush for Becky, or maybe a, a repush for Sasha, maybe as a heel this time, or something out of the out of the blue, nowhere. Lana, you know, th- that would have made no sense, but I would love to see it. But Alexa cashed in later that night uh, on the match, which I thought that this was a lot better than I thought. This is what we said about the WrestleMania match with Ronda Rousey, a lot better than we thought it was going to be. Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, um, taking it to each other. Actually, Nia Jax pretty much had the whole the upper hand most of the match. Yeah, she beating the shit out of Ronda. <laughs> no, no joke. Uh, what did you guys think about this match? So, Jamie J can go ahead. Okay, all I right. Was, I was just gonna say I was really impressed with Ronda selling. Shit, was very. Convincing. Was she selling or was that? Well, a that's shoot? the thing. It was very was convincing. She getting beat up like for real. That's what I it's like. It was selling her. She was getting beat up for real. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the match. Um, she needs to learn how to lace her boots up. Uh, that yeah. was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's how like Bobby well, Lashley's headband for me. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah it was a little distracting. Yeah, I, was, I, was yeah. little, I was afraid she was going right. to fall in. Because the whole time you just kept looking at it like, uh, she going to tie that? Because like, yeah. <laughs> you know, from your whole life you're taught to tie your shoes. So it's yep. just like, you can't stop thinking like, you should, you should really tie that. Honey. Yeah, it is It is distracting, you know, because it's, it's just really out there. And, and how, do you, how do you do that? What do you do? You throw your opponent outside the ring and kind of walk away. Honestly, a second. Like, how do you cover that up? Uh, yeah, I mean, so you <laughs> yeah. have your opponent throw you out of the ring and have the opponent sell to the camera or whatever yeah. it is. Have Nia Jax play to the crowd and then just have a, a referee just kind of like throw it in there or just you throw it in the boot because those things. I mean, you, I don't know if you dealt with wrestling boots ever or know what they are. They lace up from the bottom to the top. The laces are huge. So I, I mean, I don't know if she had those kind of. Um, the wrestling boots on, or if they were wrestling boots she, in general, or they were. She's got them MMA boots on, yeah. right? Yeah, like that's like what it uh, was. Brock Lesnar wears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she she knows MMA enough, but she probably never fought long enough to keep her shoes tied. I mean, she won everything in a match or two, or lost everything in a round or two. So, either way, but yeah, did you have some notes on that? I was going to say, yeah. big uh, ugly. Uh, yeah, my notes is Rousey is a beast. Right. So, <laughs> there you go. So I am just thoroughly impressed with Ronda Rousey's right. performance thus far in the WWE. Like. You know, she's like the polar opposite of CM Punk. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just completely smashing all expectations. Like, she's doing a great job. Um, yeah, I just love what they're doing with her. Um, yeah. But, you know, speaking of the lacing, I don't even think they needed to, like, go gimmick it, like, where she had to, like, go off camera. It's like, 
you know, when you see basketball players and they got to tie their shoes, like, what do they do? They, like, they stop yeah. and they tie their shoes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just a part of it. So, I mean, you know, she's in the MMA. Like, she could have just went into the corner and, and, like, tied her shoes, had that evil look on her face, and then got up and, like, put her fist up. No one can see what match. I'm doing. Right, exactly. Just working into the match. But um, it's funny that we're talking about laces. <laughs> like, like, we're so caught up on laces. It, but it's the dirty is, and it's yeah. ugly. Let me tell you. I was just afraid she was going to fall or right. I was going to fall on top of her yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. So, but other than that, like, I thought the match was good, man. Was good. Um, good build. Yeah. Uh, good payoff. Yeah. And then when Alexa came in and cashed in, like, yeah. Text it was nice. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she went after Ronda, which was could, she went after Ronda more than she went after Nia. Yes, she did. Well, which, she knew she had to take Ronda out. That made sense. That was great storytelling. It was yes, great yes. storytelling. It's like I, I got to take out the bigger threat. Ronda Rousey is the bigger threat. Let me take her out. Right. You know and what I'm saying? She made sure right. to take her out first, right. and then as Ronda was, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, as Nia was up there selling, you know, she went after her, and Alexa just capitalized on that. Yeah. Ron, ain't no way Nia Jax is getting out of that right. match alive. And, and, and no way. Think about it, plan, plan it back in my head. Like, think about it. So, Ronda Rousey outside the ring, if you remember, and and then Alexa looked like she's about to catch it in, but then she saw Rousey wasn't really down yet. So, yeah, what did she do? Yeah. She went out there to really put her down before going back in and be like, all right, now I can finish off Nia Jax. You yeah. Know? So... I like it. Just good overall match. That's good. The women stole the show. Yes. That's yes, the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> the women and James Ellsworth stole the show. No, he, he was just a part of yeah. that other match. No, that was good. Um, fantastic stuff. And I, I'm very happy with that. And also, it set up one of the greatest opening segments in Raw in like the past three years. Yep. That it really did, and uh, I got I gotta say, what was uh, Ronda Rousey was swinging at Kurt Angle? I mean, at one point in time, just and swinging at referees and knocking referees down. And, and she used like she used like those real like MMA like she like kicked the referee like <laughs> side kick, John Claude Van Damme, and then punched the other one in the gut. <laughs> hey, hats off to those refs, man, because they were selling or they really got hit. Oh, I think they got yeah. they got stiffed a little bit. I mean, that's yeah. Ronda Rousey. She ain't gonna hold up her hand. That was some good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, there was some other stuff happening on this pay per view as well. They did have uh, AJ knock uh, AJ AJ Styles AJ against Nakamura. Sh- yeah, right. That's, that's how it's written down in my notes. AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura. Last man standing match for the WWE Championship. Last man standing matches are kind of hit and miss with me because there's a lot of downtime. Yes, you know, trying to sell, but they actually made it work. I think they did very well with the time they had allotted. They told a good story, and uh, AJ came out on top. So he was the last man standing. It was back and forth. I wasn't sure one way or the other. What would you guys think about this match? I, uh, okay, so here's here's the truth of the matter. <laughs> I, I am a little fatigued of the AJ and uh, Shinsuke storyline. Okay. It's been good, but, uh, you know, so I just thought the match was good. For me, I was just like, it's good. I'm actually tired of seeing them going at it. I think we're done seeing it. <clears throat> I think they have a new number one contender for Extreme Rules. Okay, good. It's Rusev. You believe that? Rusev yeah. Day is finally come. Yeah, Rusev Day is apparently going to happen. So uh, that's pretty interesting. What do you think, Jam and Jay? I enjoyed the match. I thought it started out a little slow, but um, sure. last 10 minutes were very good. Very good. Very excellent. Didn't that match start with a collar and double tie up? Yes. Yes. Why? Yeah. 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 Why, why the hell is a fight between two guys that have been low blowing each other and a feud that's been going for four pay per views is starting with a collar and elbow tie up? I don't understand that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. It's yeah. a little strange. So that, I, I don't know. I don't book. I, I'm, I'm not. You know, that's, that's just me. I think that should just start off with punches and going all out about. It. So anyway, good match. Uh, they did what they had to do, and uh, we have a new championship contender in Rusev. So Extreme Rules coming up in July. I'm sure we're going to talk about that 
um, probably do a review show in a couple of weeks because right now we're approaching the end of June, the beginning of July. We got Fourth of July coming. Good stuff. We missed one. One more match: the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which uh, Bobby Roode, uh, Rusev, The Miz, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston, which is kind of cool how they teased who was going to be in the ring, mm -hmm. and it ended up being Kofi. I wish it would have been. I wish it would have been uh, Biggie. No, uh, Xavier. Xavier Woods. I would have liked to have seen Xavier kind of uh, get an opportunity to shine in that main event spot. Well, it's because it's a ladder match, and Kofi Kingston can put on a better show in those kind of matches. We know he can, but we don't know what Xavier Woods can do in a ladder match. Maybe he, maybe he can, maybe he can't. We don't know. But that's the thing. Kofi did a good job. So this match was kind of meat and potatoes, cut and dry, yeah. decent. But, uh, you know, Barry Braun Strowman under a bunch of ladders, he comes out. I did not expect Braun to win because I did not think that that little suitcase or that briefcase in that big man's hand would make sense. But is this a way to finally get somebody to get over on Brock Lesnar and get the title off of him? Is that what this is for? Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope, yeah. Yeah? yeah. What would you guys think of this match? I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't the best Money in the Bank ladder match. I think the women stole the show. <coughs> Absolutely. And, and the women probably should have closed the night, but they had another story to tell. Exactly. So they couldn't do that. Um, sure. I like the spot where they bury Braun. I like the spot where Braun comes running and kind of runs into the ladder and it folds. Ah, <laughs> yes, crushed the ladder was, in half. That was neat. Um, I mean, so. in all out, I mean, if you put it on paper, Braun does win this match. He's yeah. the tallest guy. He's the biggest guy. And I think that that's what makes it better because... You don't. It's like what what just what happened made sense mm -hmm. logically. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like you see that guy walk in, and it's like, yeah, I expect he's gonna he's gonna win. You know right. what I'm saying? And he did win. You know. I think um, it's just some of the fatigue with Raw, like we were talking about earlier, with Brock not being there. So we're we're always having a number one's contender match. You know, we had this, right. and then with at the next Extreme Rules, I believe they're gonna have a multi man. Number one, another number one contender. <laughs> another match. one contender match. So you have the money in the bank. Brock. A number one contender running around. I think, yeah, it's just. We're I think in, some of the Brock fatigue hurt this match. That's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, <laughs> and and I feel like WWE isn't doing Brock any favors because now people just like they just want to see him lose a belt. Just like they don't even care what happens to him after that. It's just like yeah. I just don't want to see Brock Lesnar with the belt anymore. I mean, I wish they would just build him back up as the special attraction that he should be and just leave the championship off of him. Don't even worry yeah, about it. Yeah, don't worry about the championship. You Let know? the championship be yeah. on one of these guys that's working every week. Yeah. Yep. Feel me? Right. But, um, and put him in a feud with somebody, somebody else. Absolutely. Maybe he could go with Bobby Lashley. Both of them did MMA. I, might, I, might I be would a love to see that. You know? Where was Roman Reigns? Oh, I forgot about that. Roman oh, Reigns yeah. and Jinder Mahal. Oh, that's, that's right. He was in a... Yeah, such a That's so it. such a strange match in Roman one. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying it was forgettable. That's right. It was. That's why I said I got it written on the side of my thing here. Yeah. Wow, so, it was written down and still forgettable. I, it was written down on the side because I totally forgot about that. Uh, you know, and that's what it was. I mean, it was a it was what it was. It was over. And so I, and it, and it kind of you know worries me a bit because they're, they're pushing these four hour events now, but then they're going to throw this kind of match and the Zami Zayn match in there to fill yeah. a half hour. Well, you're not really giving me four hours of quality TV. I feel you. I had about two and a half hours of quality. Maybe two. Yeah. yeah. So they're taking Roman Reigns kind of out of the title picture. For, for now. Yeah. He, he He's always saying in the backstages, yeah. in the promos, that he wants it. But yeah. he's got to go through gender to get it. Not a bad idea because I, I don't want to see Roman and Brock again. Again. So. See, I have a feeling that's where we're going to see at SummerSlam. Shit. 
and the fans <laughs> are going to be booing, and Braun's going to come cash in. There you go. I just they're going to do that again, and uh, I'm all right with that. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll make the fans leave happy. Yeah, that's where <laughs> yeah. I see this going. Um, so yeah, I mean Roman and gender was what it was. Can't can't really say anything about that. But money in the bank overall. Uh, let's give it a let's do. Let's do a star. Let's do a star rating this time. So, out of five stars, uh, Jam and Jay, what would you give Money in the Bank? Three and a half. Okay. Yep, that was my exact number to pop in my head. Three and a half. I I, I will go with uh, I'll go with three because there was a couple of things that really <coughs> stood out, and then the rest of it was just kind of like let's get to because again, four hour show. Yeah. A five hour show almost with a pre show. Yeah. So a couple of things really stood out, but honestly, I, I watched two and a half hours of NXT Takeover, and I was more impressed by that overall action than I was the Money in the Bank, but. Uh, different stories for different reasons. Yeah. I understand. The women carried that show. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And uh, the women have been carrying a lot of a lot of things recently. So, God bless the women and in, in WWE. Good stuff. Keep it up. So, um, what do we have coming up in the near future? Fourth of July is coming up. So, have a great Fourth of July. If we don't, uh, you know, talk to you before then on the podcast. Uh, we got Extreme Rules coming up in the middle of the month. Yep. Uh, we've got, um, I'm sure Lucha Underground is back on TV. Actually, Jack Swagger showed up oh, wow. uh, in Lucha Underground. Nice. He did, the, uh, he did the J-O-B to somebody. He was in a six-man tag team match, and he lost. He was on the losing side of it. But Jack Swagger, man, he's pushing 300 pounds, and he's looking pretty good, pretty mean. Can't remember what his name was. Jack Rampage or something like that, something weird. Um, but anyway... Lucha Underground's on TV. Ring of Honor's on TV. Watch it. Um, so, uh, season two of Glow drops very soon. Ah, Ooh. season two. G L O W. So you know, Johnny Mundo actually has a movie on Netflix oh. where he's like a bounty hunter that like ah. he like streams his stuff on YouTube and I mean it's it's cheesy but is that out now? It's Johnny Mundo. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, you can watch it. Yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you know what I'm gonna watch it on Netflix? And this is totally a random thing. The toys that made us. Um, it's a it's a random show about uh, the toys that we grew up with in the '80s. Like there's there's Barbie, there's GI Joe, there's Transformers, which I haven't watched yet, but I watched the He Man one. Man, oh, that was nice. a four hundred million dollar franchise, He Man, and the, the cartoon came out of the toys, mm-hmm. which is usually the other way around. So what the hell? Four hundred million dollars? Crazy, yeah. Shit. The kid business is the business to be in, man. Yeah. Yeah. And now, but well, the kids now, they, they got their phones and cell phones at like four or five years old and got their social media devices. I don't even know what they know what real toys anymore. Remember lawn darts? You just take that shit out of the box and throw it up in the air and just see what happens. Lawn darts. You think they would give somebody a long, you know, steaming rod right now? You could stab somebody with it. I don't think they'd do that now. Slip and slide. Hurts on Slip gravel. Slip and slide, yeah. You know? God damn. <coughs> toys were better back then. That's what... That's what that's what everyone says when they get older. Yeah, every generation thinks they had the best. <laughs> Toys were so much better yeah. back then. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent. So yeah, we will be back in a couple of weeks. We'll have some guests. Like I said, we'll have the referee episode. We'll have our friend Emma come on. Uh, we'll have Sean Cannon, the punk rock all star. And uh, it's been a great co- conversation. We about two hours, big ugly. Yeah, man. And we've been talking to these people for two hours. We've been talking, man. But you know what? It's alright because this was. Uh after we took our hiatus, our little vacation, yeah. we had to come back strong, man. We had a lot to talk about. You sure yeah. did. <coughs> and uh, 51, 51 strong. So, a big, uh, I'll say, Jamie Jace, let's go to you. Let's uh, get some final thoughts on anything that we've been talking about here today or anything just that you want to talk about. That's what I say every time. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. So much content, so much to watch. You know, Ring of Honor's coming up with their new net- network, <coughs> Autocad, whatever you want to call it. That's so, right, yeah. You know, it's Wait, just, they're coming out what? 
uh, they have a, their own version of the network. It's called Honor Club. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, shoot! Look at I don't think on. I don't think they have apps for PlayStation and Roku and all that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just pretty much through their website. But what about Hulu? No, no you Hulu. No, you can get half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you get the ring hey, or you yeah. get the honor. That's it. Hey, but that, I mean, the subscription services is what's in, man. If you can get, man, because people just they hey, we get caught up in that subscription stuff. Yep. Yeah, theirs is a little bit more like Amazon Prime, where they kind of want you to pay for a year at a time. Yeah. If you do the monthly, I don't think you get their pay- special pay-per-view events. Yeah. But if you pay for a year at a time, you get all their house shows, like the last five years' worth of pay-per-views and the live, current live pay-per-views. So it seems like it's worth it. Nice, it's, yeah. Just need more time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, if you're a wrestling fan, you can binge on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I wanted to throw this out there. On the WWE Network, there is a new 24, which is like the kind of like the behind the scenes retrospective on the Hardys really good stuff yeah. Matt and Jeff watch that I, I mean I've always praised 24 it's like some of the best documentary like m- mini documentary series like I've yeah. ever seen like they do a great job with 24 so and okay I, I'm gonna watch that I swear Vince has a hand in everything because uh, there's TNA content actually on that show from Jet, Jeff and Matt yeah uh, there's TNA video content I mean Jerry, Jeremy Borash who was in TNA is now in WWE so there's a lot all, he brought all over that video content with as well plus the network that they have the GWN streaming network or whatever that they stream all the old TNA events on so WWE is actually promoting that during the 24 so I swear Vince has a hand in everything yeah yeah man <laughs> I, damn it I gotta own it all yeah. Monopoly mm-hmm. and didn't they just do yeah. AJ, AJ Styles something else to wrestle with a bunch of TNA yeah yeah they did content they sure well. did yeah. and that was on the, the podcast version on the WWE <coughs> network yeah 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 so yeah. they they're talking about a lot of TNA. They don't talk about it actively on television unless they're you know, like shooting some fire at it. Like <laughs> Kurt Angle, I know TNA is hiring. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> good stuff. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be back. Matt Temby, we're gonna get him on. Rich Swan went to t- TNA. I'm sorry. You yes, Rich Swan yeah. did. Anyway, uh, yes, Matt Temby. Yes, and Matt Temby's gonna come back on. And here's something I'm gonna put out there with this Enzo and casting. I meant to say this earlier. So. They might have some heat with each other on the outside, but they can make a hell of a lot more money together than they can apart. Yep. Yeah, because um, I'll tell you, that rap career ain't working. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sir One, whatever his name is now. Well, what's he going by? The real one. The real, That's real one. one. The real one. Yeah. Get back to wrestling, bro. I saw that on uh, one of the <coughs> social medias where he was in New York City and he was rapping. And it's horrible. It's bad. It's it's the worst. <laughs> it's Please go back to wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> like. Do what you uh, get on the yeah. mic and don't rap. Yeah. Just it's just, all Yeah, just talk trash. It's alright if you want to go with your hip hop persona, but yep. you know how much money they can make on independence right now. Dude, like, did they go. Did they get booked? I know Enzo was charging five <coughs> grand a pop, and that was just an average of what I saw. I mean, big cast can charge the same thing, and they could charge probably double if you get them together. Yeah, right, and I mean, think and I, you, you can imagine people like uh, Cody Rhodes and stuff like this shows. They would want them, you know. To oh, come yeah. on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're big draws. You know what I mean? So, hey, whatever's whatever's between them, they need to put it behind them yeah. and make that money. So they need to squash it. Yeah. What's best for business? That's what yeah. Vince always. And says. I know Enzo's a fan of podcast, so I'm just playing. Yeah, well he is. So Enzo, if you hear this, you know, real G. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, your rap career might not be what it is, but I tell you what, you go out and do your thing, and you make that money. Smack talker, Skywalker. That's yeah. what they say. All right, let's log it off. Let's take it home. Thank you for listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Share it, like it, subscribe to it, follow it, comment on it. Tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We still have DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. And soon, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I'm gonna, if you get on MySpace and you see Dirty Ugly Wrestling, that's it. Tom will be our friend, and Tom right. will spread our word. So, Big Ugly, we cool with this? Hey, I'm with it, man. We with it? All right, let's log it off as we always do. Thank you so much. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. And that means we're done.